Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep, that sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus, it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com save. BetterHelp.com slash save. Got it. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep. That sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to BetterHelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus, it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through BetterHelp.com slash save. BetterHelp.com slash save. Got it. It's Mondays with Mikey Heath Murph. We talking free agency and Raiders dirt. Because we are a new Raider talk show, technically. We're having good times. Let's go. It's free agent frenzy with Mondays with Mikey and Murph. Uh Uh-oh, here we go again. We pay a lot of money, not for Big Ben. His name is Antonio Brown is his name. We got another Trent named Brown today. Everybody knows what's going on. Free agency frenzy all day long. It's Mondays with Mike and Murph. It's been too long. I love you, Murph. Let's go. It's Monday with Mikey Heath Murph. We talking Raiders and football dirt. Because we are a new Raiders talk show. We having good times. Let's go. It's Mondays with Mikey and Murph. Oh my God, Murph, we are back after the combine, ready for this free agency special. How you been, Mikey? I'm doing fantastic. I'm glad to be back here on On Air Nation, talking a little bit about our beloved Oakland Raiders. It's good to see you, my friend. It's been, uh, I guess, it's been about a month since we were together and. You know, I guess there's a little bit of Raiders news to talk about, isn't there? Yeah, just a little. I mean, I only had to redo the topic script about five times in the last two days. So, yeah, it's only a little bit. Only a little bit. <laughs> are, you, are you ready to discuss free agency and everything that's going on? Oh, my gosh. And free agency is going on, like, right now also. So, it's like, uh, it, it's craziness, man. It's this. We could be having breaking, developing news as we're doing the show, Mikey. We actually do. We just got breaking news right now from Count to Kills. He gave us breaking news in the order of $1. So that's pretty oh, good breaking thanks, news. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for the there donation. 
All right, Murph, let everybody know about your adventures beyond our podcast. Well, you can uh, you can support us in two major, major ways uh, as of right now. And so I would ask anybody listening uh, to this show or anybody especially watching us on the YouTube, hit us up at youtube.com slash Murph's Fan Cave. That's M-U-R-F-S. Uh, fan cave on the YouTubes. Hit the subscribe button. Help us out there. We've had a nice uh, growth of, of of listeners, of subscribers uh, there on the YouTube. And this is all because of this man right here, because of Mikey. Uh, we were an audio only podcast forever, and and had our our own level of success there with it, and really enjoyed being an audio show. Um, but on Mikey's recommendation, and he was like, "Dude, you got to do YouTube. Uh, it's where uh, you know the people are at, and they're going to want to see you." And so I took this face made for radio my uncle's face made for radio and we made this youtube show out of it our live stream uh from murph's fan cave as we record uh the show raiders fan radio which is our podcast so please subscribe to us in that way it's murph's fan cave at at youtube uh and then the other thing is that we are going to be live at the nfl draft the nfl draft of 2019 is here in nashville i live in nashville i'm recently uh not recently but i'm originally from the bay area and i relocated to middle tennessee but Anyway, so the draft is going to be right up the road uh, from where I live, and we're going to be doing a live uh, broadcast, a live stream of Raiders Fan Radio on the Saturday of the draft. So please, if you're coming to Nashville, go to Raiders Fan Radio on Facebook. There's an event page, and click on that thing and let us know that you're coming to the draft. And uh, and so we'll have uh, that for if you want to see us live uh, in person. If you're going to just if you're not going to be able to make it to the draft, but you want to see us record the show, then check us out on that. YouTube and again subscribe there and help us out in that way and uh, for all that we tell you very much uh, appreciated thank you so much for the platform Mikey as always my friend to, to be able to share that with folks and uh, uh, yeah yeah I promise I will find the Facebook events link I will add it to this video and all his information for his channels are down below I will get that I want to represent Tommy Baroni with a two dollar donation he wrote we back Raider Nation for life I'd also like to give it up for big Raider Mondo Five, big five dollar donation repping the That's nation cool. from columbia tennessee only one nation hey in columbia tennessee that's yeah. not that's not far from me what was his name Big Raider Mondo. Big Raider Mondo. What's up man? I'm like I'm like 30 minutes from Mondo. That's really cool. And I promise you with these donations I'm going to give some to Murph so he could buy lunch at the draft because <laughs> that's going to be a very very busy day for Murph. Yes uh, it check- will. Some pe- people responded to your Oakland Invaders shirt that you got wearing. Yeah. Give some information about that T-shirt. Yeah, the Oakland Invaders, 1983, the last uh, USF or one of the last USFL teams to play in the championship. Uh, the last UFL championship was 1983, and they uh, the Invaders played the Baltimore Stars. So I'm from San Jose, California. That's where I got my Raider fandom from was was being a Bay Area guy. And so when the Raiders packed up and moved to L.A. into your backyard, uh, we didn't have football anymore until the Oakland Invaders came to town. So this was my USFL team when I was a kid. Uh, so think back to little Murph, uh, 10 years old, uh, watching the, uh, the then Oakland Invaders. So that was that was pretty cool. So appreciate the shout out. Speaking of the color yellow, we got a $2 donation from this. You're going to love this name. His name is Scruffy Lemon. Scruffy Lemon. I like that. That almost reminds me of like Scruffy looking Nerf Herder. There you go. Star Wars reference. That's a Star Wars reference. Yeah, there you go. And then he asked, did did you make a video about the Jags trade? Uh, I don't know what's going on. There's probably a lot going on right now. (laughs) Can I say this on that? 
All you suckers out there that said that Derek Carr was going to be traded to the freaking Jaguars. This is why you only listen to reputable Raiders outlets. You don't listen to the trash that's out there. You don't listen to the gossip stuff. And all you you pay attention to the local beat writers and not what's going on in big time media and understand that, that the news, when you hear things like that, don't listen to them. Listen to John Gruden. Listen to Mike Mayock. Listen to the local beat reporters. They'll tell you what's going on, the actuality of this stuff. And so there you go for anybody that bought into that whole road car to the, to the Jags for Blake Bortles and a third and but <laughs> listen to Murph fan cave and then <laughs> when he's not doing a video you could check out Raider news and then you'll get some rumors and a lot of you know hearsay and clickbait but and, hey I'm admitting well, it I'm admitting it no let me say this and you know and I say this all the time but I want to reiterate this because I think it's an important point that there is you do not represent ESPN or Fox Sports News or what you do not sell yourself as an authority. You position yourself as a fan. You you present you present things in the way that you would like to see them, not as an authority is that this is going to happen. So we know what we're getting when we tune into Mikey, and that's why people love you. Because you got a big heart. You're genuine. You're a real fan. We love you, man. We love you, Mikey. And so I'm insane. <laughs> yes. Give you some information. Yes, you absolutely are insane. But that again, that's why we love you though. So you don't sell yourself as something that you're not. And that's the danger is that the people that report Dirk Carr to the Jaguars, they they're saying these things is from a position of authority or a source. That's the ones that you got to watch out for. So no, I, you are not part of don't, I wouldn't uh, downplay you into that category by any means, my man. I'm just happy the views are up and a lot more Raider fans are coming back to the channel with the Antonio Brown stuff because I was fearing I'm losing my channel and I, I don't want to do that. But uh, Scruffy Lemon said on the nose Murph and the one he said was with N'Goku. I don't know what that meant. The one I said with N'Goku. I don't know. But he said, you're on the nose Murph. On the nose. And I, I, on the nose and every time we mention Antonio Brown, I'm going to do that. I love that. All right. All right. Speaking of nerf herders, um, it's time. It's time for the headlines, deadline, breadlines. They blow my mind. Murph. Yes. What's my tagline? You don't want to pay rent. I don't want to pay rent. I know, I know this. I it's been a month. It hasn't been a years. I know this. I haven't, I haven't been making a lot of money recently, but thank you guys for the donations and the support. I go. love you. Let's do this. We got a lot to talk about. Let's do it. Um, and I want to find out what side of the fence Murph is on in a lot of these scenarios. So let's do it. Time for the headlines. All right. Antonio Brown is now officially a Raider. Antonio Brown. Uh, Murph, real quick. Yeah. How is business? It's booming. Couldn't have said it better myself. So Antonio <laughs> Brown is a Raider. Let's quickly give you the contract details according to Ian Rappaport, as you could see on screen. Uh, and these are the picks that we gave up from the Raiders to the Steelers. We gave up the third round pick, number 66, and the fifth round to the Steelers. So there's the actual oak, I mean the Steelers contract. You can read it all on screen. My numbers are wrong, so we'll get to the correct numbers. So there it is. These are the Antonio Brown trade details. Uh, Brown will receive a three-year deal worth max value of $54.2 million, including $30.1 guaranteed, which equals about $19 million per year, which technically I believe makes him the highest-paid wide receiver in the league. Steelers will receive a third and a fifth-round pick. 
Um, and just a little context, Amari Cooper, we got a first round. He's going to make about $17 million on his fifth-year option. So for $2 million more, we got basically Antonio Brown. Sammy Watkins got a three-year deal for $48.5 million and twenty-two guaranteed. So it's kind of similar, and we got the better wide receiver. Steelers will actually have $21.1 million in dead money against the cap, which hurts them. And the trade is not official until the new league year begins on Wednesday. So I ask you, are you happy or sad with this? And is it worth it? And do you have any reservations? Uh, at the risk of a long answer, I will keep my setup brief, okay? I, at the f- onset of the talk of him coming to the Raiders, my initial response was no because of his – interview that he did on the shop with LeBron and basically it's felt like he was on the trajectory of, of kind of railroading his career. Like he was, you know, I don't need to play football. I don't, you know what I mean? Like that whole thing. And that tone, that sentiment, not only does it not play well with us as fans, but it definitely doesn't play well with people like John Gruden, John Gruden's number one criteria for football players or coaches or GMs or whatever is that you need to be as into it as he is. And if you're not as dedicated to the sport and as dedicated to the league and the team and everything else as he is, then you're not going to jive with Gruden. So knowing that that's where Antonio Brown was headed, I'm like, this will never work. Okay. But now since then, when you listen to Gruden's, Since then, I I decided to dig into it. Instead of just taking my opinion based on those bits of information, I decided to go big picture, as you know I like to do. Instead of just taking a little source, I like to go all sources. So when you look back from Gruden's comments about Antonio Brown all the way from last year when he was a Pittsburgh Steeler and we played the Steelers and beat him, from that point all the way forward, when you listen to John Gruden's comments, the, the tone and the theme is consistent. That Antonio Brown is the hardest working guy in the building. He's the hardest working guy at practice. There's a reason that he's as good as he is, and that's all based on his work ethic. Obviously, athletic ability plays a lot into it, but his work ethic is second to none. Now, if Gruden, knowing his personality and his kind of mindset and his approach, if he's comfortable with this guy... Well, then so am I, right? And so when you look at that, and so that's that's kind of the behind-the-scenes aspect of it, and now the in-front-of-the-curtain part of it is this. Since 2011, in receptions, Antonio Brown has 821. That's most in the league. He's got over 11,000 receiving yards. That's most in the league. He's got 74 touchdowns. That's most in the league. He's averaged 114 catches for 1,500 yards the past six seasons. No Raider player has ever reached those marks in one single season. Tim Brown is the only player ever with more than 100 catches in a season, and that was in 97. Antonio Brown has six straight of those listen to me Raider Nation six straight beating arguably the all-time greatest receiver we've ever had in on our team and last Antonio Brown was held under 30 yards receiving twice in 92 games okay two times in 92 games held less than 30 in the past six seasons our buddy Amari Cooper was held under 30 receiving yards 19 times in 52 games so just a little over half the games held under 19 times so when you were going to take into account the the coach's approach the coach's view on this player and his numbers and the fact he's not even 31 yet he won't hit that till this summer Good job, Raiders. 
I can't wait to see how business is going to boom in Oakland, my man. Well said. I mean, I love it when you throw out those insane <laughs> stats that I would never look up because I don't care. <laughs> but hey, my, my instant reaction was the same as yours. Like, with all the stuff that was going on, you know, like on ESPN and all that, I was just like, is this guy bipolar? Like, does he understand what he's doing? Yeah. He's messing up his value. And then when I initially found out about the trade, I was watching a damn movie, the Captain Marvel. And I'm just like, I don't know. I mean, I'm not happy. But then I got home and I finally started reading what we paid for him and then what we got for him. And then I started saying, man, this looks worth it. This looks 100% worth it. Then I started going beyond that and saying, the Steelers lost. The Steelers lost. We won. Then I started going, did Antonio Brown do this all on purpose? Yeah, he hurt his value with other teams, but he also helped the Raiders get him because when he responded fake news to the Bills, the Bills had a second thought, and they're like, I don't know. I don't think he's going to want to come and play here. So we maybe got him for a few million dollars cheaper than maybe the Bills would have paid, and he hurt the Steelers. With the third round pick, maybe they got a second. Maybe they got a first. We don't know. But he hurt the Steelers. He maybe hurt himself with a couple of million, but he doesn't have to play in Buffalo. And he got traded to a team that was on his list. Antonio Brown looks like a genius, even though he looks crazy AF. (laughs) Yeah. He looks like like he controlled his own destiny. And that's going to happen for a lot of players in the NFL in the future. And – did he set a precedent, Murph? Like, it's insane. He got yeah, the control. He did. And, you know, and when we look at the, you know, so the top three players in the league right now, based on annual salary, okay, not based on total package of value, which is and guaranteed money and all. That's a whole nother conversation. But just when you look at the top three, so we got Khalil Mack at 23.5. We got Aaron Donald at 22.5. And now Antonio Brown at 19.8 million in, in, in total compensation. Okay, so... All three of those guys had the exact same scenario. They all held out. They all used what leverage they had, and then they all created their their own deals. Now, the big difference here is that Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer. Not everybody's a Hall of Famer. So the danger for a lot of players and, and the cautionary tale is you better be Antonio Brown. You better be Aaron Donald. You better be the most def- dominant defensive or de- off- you better be the most dominant player at your position to be able to pull that off. So don't get fooled. Don't get don't buy into your own hype thinking that you're going to hold out and, and hold teams feet to the fire because you're talking about, you know, I hate to use that word generational talent because I think it's overused, but you got to be a, the, the best of the best to be able to pull this off. But it works. Okay. And, and so here, and I got one more thing for you too on that. I think that his antics were 100% contrived. I think that this was driven by his agent, Drew Rosenhaus. I think that when you look at the fact that Rosenhaus is making the rounds now, and uh, basically telling the tale uh, of what happened. I think that there's that, that that not only is that evidence of this, but you know what, Mikey? I have the good fortune of attending the Senior Bowl down in Mobile, Alabama uh, a couple of months ago. Do you know who the only high-profile agent was at that Senior Bowl? Drew. Drew Rosenhaus. And I thought at the time, 
he was a little out of place because it was now look there was a lot of agents and a lot of you know coaches and general managers there was a lot of people there but he was by far the biggest of the, of the guys right the most recognizable the other agents were of, of, of smaller agencies and, and and lesser known type players and i thought that was kind of odd that he was there day one present in the lobby and when and when i really noticed him was when he went over and he started talking with john lynch don't you know that that's what was going on? That's why he was there. He was negotiating with John Lynch and then ultimately Mike Mayock and, and freaking John Gruden on bringing Antonio Brown to the Raiders. I think this stuff has been going on since January. And so all of this is one big contrived plan. And frankly, when, and you know, look, uh, football is entertainment Hollywood is entertainment and you're right in the middle of it. You've seen the behind the scenes. You know, when a lot of money is on the line, most of the time there's a big picture in play. Most of the time that something is contrived. It's not, you know what I mean? Like things don't just happen spontaneous. Sure they do, but not to this scale. There's always a trail, right? And at the end of that trail is usually a bag of money. And so I think Mikey, you're dead on, man. I think this stuff has been going on for a long, long time. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think it might have been contrived this year because he knew that he wasn't going to get any more money guaranteed. He does want money. Look, let's just set it aside. The guy is greedy, okay? I mean, you can say whatever you want. He's greedy, but he thinks he deserves it, in which he possibly does. So, but a couple years ago, you know, he shows up to training camp and, you know, he goes live in the locker room after a big victory before the Patriots. I don't think that was contrived for now, but the minute he got his guaranteed money, the next season, he's going to get no more in guarantees. I think him, he made a plan that he just didn't want to be there. Um, And he basically added like $30 million to his account. Cause if he was going to get 12 million, let's look at those numbers again. He was going to get, or the, excuse me, the Steelers numbers. He was going to get $12.6 million with no guaranteed no money guaranteed, in 2019. Right. But by him contriving this and doing all this diva crap, he goes to the Raiders. He adds like $7 million this year to his account to go up to 19.8. Uh, then on top of that, he added $30 million. What a brilliant business plan, you know, from somebody that wants to do it. So, I mean, you got it like, wow. And then the Steelers are on the hook for $21.1 million. In dead cap. Yeah. That's it, another. Do you think the Raiders paid it or how does that no, work? No, no, it's just dead money. It's just cap space. It's There's not a, not a single dollar to be accounted for there in real life dollars. It's just room on the cap. It's just for anybody that plays enough Madden, uh, you guys know how that works, man. You can't, you can't trade away a player inside of a contract like that because that money then all of a sudden slams the rest of it that, that, that is guaranteed all hits your cap space, man. It's, it's all right there. So, uh, no, it's 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 again. It's not real dollars. It's it's room, but it's going to prevent them from from buying a player, from buying like a player, player for that. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, yeah. So you know, so I, the- I think is is interesting too. Is that um, I love the way the Raiders went about this. They did a couple of things that were really smart by keeping it at only a three year deal. Look, this was not an extension. This was basically just a rebuild of what was already in place. So if he does end up being a head case, if this wasn't just a contrived one-time thing, if this is something that he's going to you know, get disgruntled because of targets or because of whatever, it's only a three-year deal. So by the time the, the honeymoon wears off, the Raiders won't 
have any any more ties to him. They can let him walk at 34 years old. And also, when you look at productivity, the product, and I don't have the exact numbers. I'll tell them roughly off the top of my head because I I put them together on last week's Raiders fan radio. The, there are pl- there's plenty of evidence of the greats of wide receivers that are very productive into their middle and even their latter 30s. Two of them played for the Raiders. When you look at Jerry Rice and Tim Brown, did extremely well, had 80-plus catch years for the Raiders. Rice was like 39 and 40 when he had his. Timmy Brown was like 36 and 37 or something like that. And then there's lots of other evidence uh, of, of players. So there's like Anquan Bolden, Larry Fitzgerald. If you look at like, it, there's a plenty of, of uh, Derek Mason. And there are plenty of, of examples where players at 33 and 34 years old had 80 plus catch seasons. Uh, so, and especially, and we know in this offense, it's there's definitely a possibility for him to flourish. Well, by the time he does start to maybe trend downward, the Raiders are out at 34 years old. They're out. So now they could then maybe get him at a bargain. If he wants to stay on, if maybe we're in the midst of a championship type run or whatever, like there's going to be options. But when you look at how the Raiders did this stop top to bottom, very, very, very smart. I think that this is, this is a far cry from the crazy Javon Walker type Al Davis deals that we used to see back in the day there. This was very smart. They stuck to their guns. They got him for a third and a fifth, man. I mean, that's practically nothing, you know, All heck, right. the fifth we got originally from them to begin with from the Steelers. Look, I appreciate the talk. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all happy with the value. We're all thinking it's going to be good for the Raiders on the field, but we don't want to be completely like the mainstream media, but I will ask this question because it is interesting. Character-wise, he is an alpha male. Um, He is a me, me, me person. Do you foresee any problems with car chemistry or John Gruden and also being in the West Coast possible offense? Do you see any problems character-wise in the locker room with other teammates? What say you? No, especially not the first year or two, again, because the honeymoon's going to be on no matter what. So we're going to have the last year in Oakland, so the significance of that. Then you got your first year in Vegas, the significance of that, and then the second year in Vegas, and then that's it. And then all their ties with him are over. So I don't think there's enough room for the, all that. To, you know, th- There's no room for him to get stale, right? Like th- there's because of the conditions around the team. So no, I don't think so. And then the other thing is that, look, they're going to have to feed him the ball. There's no mistake in yeah. that. But look. If they target him 101 times and he catches 100 of them or 104 times, I forget what the numbers were. I think he was targeted 104 times and he caught 101, something crazy like that. Well, if the Steelers can do that in their offense, you don't think the Raiders are – not you, the proverbial you. Ah, You don't think the Raiders are going to be able to do that in their offense? Because who is it that's going to take shots away from him? Who's going to take shots from Kobe in this offense? nobody there's no one else jared cook is probably not coming back uh so after that who's our who's our 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 biggest threat jordy nelson darren waller like you know what i'm saying like antonio brown is going to be the man in this offense so i don't see any problem at all with the the idea of an alpha male or him you know not getting his or whatever they're gonna feed him plenty and that's gonna be beautiful well, Gruden does call out players. Uh, you know, he did that last season. But I think, truthfully, Gruden knows the value of dealing with this diva wide receiver is more important for Derek Carr as well. And I think he's going to lay low 
and just let Antonio be Antonio. Uh, so man- I think Gruden's going to take a seat back. He doesn't need to groom Antonio into anything. So I don't nope. think Gruden's going to call him out that much. So I'm he- actually not as concerned about his character. But I do know he is a diva. He wants to be famous. And he will take every opportunity to be in the news, to be in the spotlight, and to go into the Hall of Fame as a Raider. Hey, real quick, last point on that. That's a beautiful statement, Mikey. And look, when you look at the way John Gruden handled Jerry Rice, look, we if anybody cares to go back and look, Jerry Rice was the epitome of a diva. He was a different kind of diva than like what T.O. was or whatever. But he was definitely a diva he was definitely selfish and john gruden found a way to not only make him happy but again arguably one of the best wide receivers that have ever worn a silver and black timmy brown kept them both happy and kept them both active in the offense and both catching over 80 balls a year this is going to be no problem for john gruden to handle antonio brown he's been there done that got the t-shirt Derek Carr loves this officially and i said it i believe that once we got antonio brown all that true or fake news of Derek Carr being traded or shopped went out the window from my perspective the minute we signed Antonio Brown. I don't see Gruden getting a Kyler Murray or Haskins in the draft to put him alongside a veteran for $30 million guaranteed. But still, I'm going to ask this question um, because the big rumor during the combine was that the Raiders were actually shopping Derek Carr. (laughs) Um, And we've had a debate on this in years past about the term shopping, and it was a fun debate. So is it true and fake news? And then what do you – like, what is your hearsay on shopping at the Combine? Like, I believe every player is being shopped every day of their life, no matter what. But I don't know. I'd love to hear your take. Okay. Mikey, I would like to buy your house for $20,000. Is it for sale? No. No. Mikey, I would like to buy your house for $5 million. Is it for sale? You're damn right it is. Headline, Mikey Raider is shopping his house. (laughs) (laughs) There you go, Raider Nation. That's all you need to know. We were told well before the combine, oh, Derek Carr's going to be traded at the combine. He's going to be traded at the combine. Let's watch this. Oh, Raiders are shopping Derek Carr at the combine. Are people asking about Derek Carr? Yes. Are the Raiders offering a price for Derek Carr? Sure. Would you trade Derek Carr for four first-round draft picks? Yes. Tomorrow. Like, go ahead. Pull that trigger. But does that mean that they're shopping him? No. Are they listening to people? Are they entertaining offers even? Sure. That's a But shopping? No. There we go. It is. I agree. I'm done. I'm done. But I love the rumors, and they're good for views. I get, I give it. Hey, it could, because listen, everyone is then available to be shopped. And that's the thing is that I've always said, if it's not Mondays na- with Mikey and Murphy's for sale. <laughs> yes. We for are a million dollars. Yes, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like I've always said, if it's not nailed to the floor or named after me in my house, it's for sale. Like I, I it, 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 you know what I mean? Like everything is for sale. And that's the way that football teams look at the players Everyone is available. Now, is the price right? That's a whole different story. But if you're willing to make a stupid offer, then sure. Then somebody, well, that's, you know, but no, Derek Carr was not ever intended to be on the move by any means. Let's, all, you yeah, do is, all you gotta do is listen to Gruden, listen to Mayock. That's it. They t- they've gone out of their way to make it perfectly clear that that is their guy. 
Correct. I agree. But it just sucks for Derek Carr. And I'm not trying to disrespect Derek Carr in any fashion, but he's insecure at a lot of moments in his life. Uh, and so am I. I mean, a lot of us are insecure. Sure. But just Derek Carr sometimes doesn't handle the insecurity the right way. And I just still have concerns about that. But every day is an opportunity to grow and be better. And Derek Carr would say it just the same. You, so I'm proud. I know you're a part of the team, Derek, and we love you moving forward. Hey, you know what? Can I say the one last thing on that too, Mike? You know the thing that's most disappointing to me about any of the Derek Carr criticism? Most of it comes from Raider Nation. Look around, look around the media and look around. I mean, yes, you could you might hear it from a Stephen A or whatever. There was that whole thing or whatever. But the majority of the Derek Carr criticism comes from us. Stop it, Raider Nation. That's your guy, man. Back him up. We got other issues. We got more bigger pressing issues, which we're going to cover here in a minute, so I'm going to shut up. We got much bigger fish to fry, much bigger problems to address than our freaking quarterback. Leave him alone. We going to a fish fry? <laughs> we going to a fish fry, yeah, man. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Speaking <laughs> of fish fries, uh, hey, rookie. Welcome to the NFL. Raiders GM Mike Mayock. Some people like Stephen A. Schwad doesn't believe he deserves his job, but he is making a precedent. I mean, it's really the first time an NFL announcer has been thrust into a GM-type role under John Gruden. Uh, whether he deserved to get the job or he's best friends with Gruden or not, I'm not here to debate that. All I'm going to say is, this guy has a lot on his shoulders. It's kind of like maybe being the first woman in the NFL in the future. You got to make a splash. And he's doing his job. And I loved what I saw from him during the combine. He was still able to do his press conferences while going on the NFL network, speaking good about the players, while analyzing at the combine, at the senior bowl. I'm really impressed. And I believe he made John Gruden a better press conference person this year or more professional than John Gruden was last year at the Combine. John Gruden last year was all over the place. I'm going to go back to 1998, man. I want a playbook. You know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Shut your mouth, John Gruden. Shut up. So John Gruden last year was all fun and games. But now after dealing away Khalil Mack and getting all the hatred, and bringing in Mike Mayock, Gruden, he he brought it down to professionalism. So my thoughts on, you know, Raiders GM Mike Mayock, I'm very proud of him. I think he's adding a little bit more professionalism to Gruden with drafting, hopefully coming up. But I'm very proud to say, Mike Mayock, I'm looking forward to this season. What say you on Mike Mayock? Yeah, there's a lot, lot to be said there. So first off, Drew Rosenhaus uh, in those in this this tour that he's been making around the different media outlets, talking about the trade, he's very complimentary of Mike Mayock, and he says that you know Mike Mayock negotiates like a GM that's been around for a long, long time. Uh, this was not like talking to a first year GM that he was incredibly professional, he was incredibly prepared. Like Mayock knew exactly what he needed to do uh, during that negotiation. So I think that should give us confidence as Raider Nation. Uh, and then also, you know, isn't it nice to have a vocal GM? Like, I mean, look, I, I, I'm not going to poo-poo Reggie McKenzie at all. And I think that he did a very good job uh, in, in some regards. But um, ultimately, like, he would what? Like, you, you know, come out like once or twice a year 
and make a statement or do a press conference. Oh, you never heard from him. I like the idea that now we got a guy that's front and center. He's incredibly vocal. He lets you know exactly what the plan is. Again, plans don't always work, but at least we know what's going on. Like, I dig that. We're Reggie. Like, we never knew what was going on. We never understood what the plan was. We never understood what the criteria was in terms of players or, or what, you know, what their goals were. Not, we didn't know any of that stuff. Mike is Wasn't like. Wasn't it Reggie who fell asleep at the combine or was it his brother? It was his brother, but it was still, it wasn't a good look, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, like it just, anyways, I, I just, I, I've enjoyed uh, so far as a fan having Mike. Look, he's, he's he, as a, as a podcaster, it's great because he, we, <laughs> Am I putting you to sleep? Am I? Hey, look, I've taken naps during the combine. It's a great thing to nap to, but not live when you're freaking general analyzing. Manager. I know, right? Yeah, but uh, you know, so I don't know. I just, I'm, 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 I'm proud that he is our general manager. I like everything about him. Uh, he's done well, and you know, any of the criticism about. You know, and, and, and Rosenhaus really dispelled a lot of this stuff because he talked about how Mike is He's a prepared. good negotiator. He's a good negotiator, right? And so, you know, any of the criticism has been like, oh, what has he done to deserve this? And he doesn't know the ins and outs of running a football team, and he's an analyst, so what would he know? Look, at the end of the day, here's what you're responsible for as a general manager. Get the best players in the building possible. Period. End of story. What do we evaluate general managers on? Do we evaluate them on how well they run and manage their office? No. We evaluate them on what's the personnel? What's the team look like? Right? It doesn't matter what GM in the history of the NFL, we evaluate them strictly, not on their business acumen, but their player evaluation skills. We got the guy. So he's doing a great job. So I love it. We got the guy. We got the guy. Hey, hey, every good Italian has a guy. We got a guy. We got the guy. We got the guy. Don't even worry about it. All hey. right. One year later, uh, the Raiders are still defending the Khalil Mack trade to the Bears. But this brought up a good point because I was very upset one year ago. So now looking back, what are your thoughts? Not about the Raiders defending the Khalil Mack trade. What are your thoughts? on you know Khalil Mack and everything one year later well I think it's interesting the way that the league uh kind of joined in with Raider Nation on how good this guy really is uh you know it was like oh my gosh Khalil Mack he's amazing yeah we knew we watched him I watched him get five sacks in a game one time and none of you fools were talking not you fools but but big media proverbial fools no not even proverbial I'm talking about the idiots (laughs) in big media right like nobody was talking about Khalil Mack when he was a Raider but we saw him do plenty like we knew how good how dominant he was we knew he was the closer we watched him pick off Cam Newton and run into the end zone we saw all this stuff we knew all this but the freaking rest of the world didn't because they're so anti Raider so you know looking back I mean that that revelation and now all of a sudden he's on prime time and all that like that was disappointing but in terms of like uh, the impact to the football team look how many more wins would we have gotten with him in the building this year I don't know a couple maybe I mean would we have been a playoff team no so the the ultimate answer to the question is this I talked about it early on in the show and I mean it in all aspects at the end of the trail, there's at the end of the big picture, there's a big pile of money. So at the end of this this trail was $90 million guaranteed, $141 million contract with $90 million guaranteed. Now, we won't know all the exact details of all these free agent signings until Wednesday, but know this, Raider Nation, we have guaranteed 
reportedly or allegedly we've given Antonio Brown $30 million guaranteed. We've given now Trent Brown left tackle for the Patriots, given him $30 million guaranteed. We can give $30 million guaranteed to another Another absolute stud in the NFL. And we still haven't even gotten to the entirety of the Khalil Mack contract yet. So is one defensive end worth the best wide receiver in football, a dominant left tackle and whoever else they go out and sign Earl Thomas or whoever else. It, answer me that question. If you if you answer that question, is that Khalil Mack is worth all of that? Then there you go. Then you just rest on that. To me, no. So looking back on it a year later, uh, the Raiders did the right thing. Yeah, they bit the bullet. Yeah, we got a lot of crap for it. But at the end of it, what's going to build our team is not a guy. It's going to it's a squad is what builds a team. And we're going to now, Mikey, talk about drafting defense. We got a defense thick draft. We're going to spend all those draft picks on defense. It's going to be beautiful. Correct. Uh, so long story short, Khalil Mack won. He did what Antonio sure. Brown did this year. Khalil Mack did the same thing a year previous, and he won. He he held the Raiders hostage, and we weren't dealing with it. We didn't have the money, so we moved on. Plus, John Gruden loves offense, but Khalil Mack did exactly what Antonio Brown did this year. So you know what? At the end of the day, good for Khalil Mack. Whether he wanted to be a Raider or not, that's not the point. The point is Khalil Mack got his money for his future, and congratulations. I was very upset at Gruden last season, but Gruden's hands were tied. This year, his hands are not tied, and Gruden is showing it. Gruden loves offense, and we're going offense. So one year later, I'm cool with it, and I'm proud that we got the draft picks in the capital, and now we're going to have an excellent, very interesting draft. So we had to have a losing season where we lost maybe two games that maybe Khalil Mack would have won for us. So I'm good with it, and I'm so happy it's a year later because last year I was going nuts. (laughs) Yeah, you were. All right, you don't like this rumor, but the Raiders are apparently not cash rich despite their cap space. According to a report, I believe it's Silver and Black Report, the Oakland Raiders have been among the big spenders early this offseason, but it appears as though that may be over. On Monday, ESPN's Chris Mortensen via NFL reporter Dob Kleeman said he believes the Raiders will not actively pursue free agent running back Le'Veon Bell because they are not a cash-rich team. Morton said the team has no real revenue stream from a stadium deal as it awaits its move to Las Vegas in 2020. Raiders owner Mark Davis is reportedly isn't flush with outside revenue. So you've spoken a lot on this before about how it really means. But I truly believe Mark Davis is not cash rich outside of the salary cap. And he only has enough money to pay guarantees or, or however that works. But um, it's an interesting story. So maybe free agency is done in terms of the big players for the Raiders. What say you on this information? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've gone on record a lot with this thing, and I'll save the big, long explanations on how NFL teams' finances are structured. Uh, so the gist, of it, the, gist of, blah, 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 blah. the gist of it is this, is that when it comes to players' salaries, they're guaranteed by a completely different revenue area than what the team's, quote, cash flow is. So, you know, is, is the Raiders' cash flow as good as what the, I don't know, Cowboys is well I would assume not because when you look at the way that the Cowboys generate revenue 
Um, it's completely different than the way the Raiders are. Are the Raiders going to generate a lot more revenue next year when they get to Las Vegas? Absolutely. But none of that stuff impacts the way that players' salaries are accounted for and, and paid. And I don't want to hear the escrow argument and all that because all that stuff has been debunked. And again, I won't get into the law, all the, the gory details of everything because it's frankly kind of boring. I just think that this is lazy reporting. And I'm frankly really surprised that somebody like Chris Mortensen, who's pretty reputable, would fall into this but he's an espn guy so i guess we shouldn't be shocked by that because most espn reporting nowadays is pretty freaking lazy like they just take that what's the easy thing to say oh they suck oh they're broke oh they're incompetent oh they have no business acumen listen to this to the terms that people that are lazy reporters use this is the kind of stuff that and i'm this is not a shot at any particular blog or anything because there are a lot of really good ones out there but this is amateur reporting this is awful. Like it's, there's nothing to this. It's all this stuff has been debunked over and over and over again. Don't buy it. Raider nation. Don't buy the idea that the Raiders are broke. And that's not why, and that's not why they're doing things in, in terms of free agency or player acquisition it has nothing to do. The two things are completely exclusive of one another. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying I have concerns whether I truly understand everything or not. I'm not saying that, but um, I do know that Mark Davis, when they were trying to get the stadium deal, spoke how he was going to put in $400 million of the Raiders cash into that. Then they were struggling with the, I guess the beginning of the construction because the NFL, whatever technically didn't pay out. So Mark Davis stated that the beginning of the construction, I think was out of his or the Raiders pocket. So it just made me think, you know, maybe they really are broke, you know, that until they officially get all the money from the NFL and all the other people that Mark Davis maybe only had four or 500 million per se, you know, extra cash or whatever. And he's kind of put like most of that into the beginning of the construction. I don't know. Well, it's just very there's, interesting. There's to truth to what he's saying that to say that, and you look at his quote has no real revenue stream from a stadium deal. Sure, because he doesn't have a stadium. Like so there's truth to that. But here's yeah. the thing about the players' salaries. There you hear the term CBA all the time. So remember, Raider Nation, when you hear CBA, that stands for collective bargaining agreement. That means that these deals are collectively It also negotiated. means college basketball association. <laughs> but I mean there's collectively bargained. This is a thirty-two team negotiation. This is not just the Raiders. This isn't the you know, this isn't your personal finance and this isn't the 60s anymore this is a whole big multi-billion dollar corporation that negotiates this stuff that this isn't come down to have one team has enough uh capital to be able to support a contract it, quit it with that again it's it's lazy reporting yeah well mark davis is like me he'd rather spend his time at the elephant bar eating chicken wings so you know we have one thing in common that was pf changs right. oh is it yeah that's right it's pf yeah, changs yeah. as well yeah, yeah, yeah. uh just because I like to talk about it, Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed Whew. came to a settlement in the National Anthem Kneeling Collusion case versus the NFL. Um, who won from your perspective, and is it the proof of the NFL blackballing? Uh, well, clearly he and Eric Reed won, so I'll give them that. Um, and and I won't get into the specifics of the of the scenario because I think that there's a lot of validity to what he did and the reasons that he did it. And I support uh, a lot of what he 
uh, was was trying to do where he lost me was a little bit in the messaging he got to use a corporate term nowadays he got off brand like and it turned into something that he didn't intend for it to do and didn't do a good job of crafting what it really was all about and so i think that 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 unfortunately got lost in 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 what the the root of, of a lot of this was which there is absolute validity in um so to say he won yeah, I mean, he won because he got paid. Uh, he won his suit, and so so that won. Did did he win in terms of messaging and all that? I think that that's that's where, again where I think there's gray area there. I, I don't think that that there's really a, a winner and a loser in, in terms of that. Um, but in terms of collusion, you know, that's the part where where I still, you know, and again, regardless of what side you come out on, was there was there true collusion? Could you prove in a court of law? that there was collusion. Well, if collusion is by definition, people essentially banding together towards a, a, a common decision, you know, I don't necessarily think that's what it was, but did he market himself to where he wasn't employable? Yeah. And when there's only 32 people to choose from and 32 of those entities choose not to hire you, does that mean it's collusion or does it just mean that 32 people don't want to hire you? You know what I'm saying? So it's it's a it's a it's a very gray area in terms of that. But I think to answer your question quickly, who won? He did, uh, uh, you know, but he didn't win in the way that he should have won. And that I think we who supported early on what his message was. I don't think that one because it got lost once the president got involved and all the other thing. And it became against the military. Like you talk about it just it got diluted and distracted and it did. You know what he missed? And I'll, I'll bring it full circle and I'll end my comments with this. He missed somebody like Al Davis. Al Davis would have been able to, to take Colin Kaepernick under his wing, essentially, and help him get whatever out he wanted to get out and to keep it focused and to keep it, you know what I mean, locked into what the, the goal was because he didn't have anybody to, to help him with that. To I hate to use the word market it because it's it's that's it just sounds irresponsible to term it that way. But you know what I'm saying? Like to get the message and to keep it concise, that's what Al was brilliant at. You know what I mean? As far as agendas and things like that, he was brilliant at that. And Kaepernick didn't have anybody to mentor him in that way. And so I think that it's sad that that ultimately uh, that that got washed out uh, in the mix. But anyway, so there you go. That was a, probably a longer answer than you wanted. So I would say who won? Nah, nobody really, but him by money. So, yeah. Hey, we do a show basically once a month now. So it doesn't matter if we go a little bit long. Every okay, all right, all right. So in terms of who won, clearly Eric Reed. Uh, Colin Kaepernick won. He now has a brand. He's got commercials with Nike. I think he's got a clothing line. He's demanding $20 million from the XFL, the AFL, you know, whoever else he's talking to. So clearly they won. Um, and then in proof of blackballing, I believe it is possible proof. Again, you cannot prove collusion, but the NFL was worried enough with all their million-dollar lawyers, they were worried enough, especially about a racism-type court case, that they didn't want to go through with it. They were at least worried enough. So that is technically, from my sort of view, there, there's proof that there was some sort of collusion, blackballing going on. But Eric Reed's in the NFL. So then people would say, well, why not Colin Kaepernick? Well, again, Colin Kaepernick started it. Eric Reed went along with it. So it's not the, – the person that didn't start it is not in the NFL. 
but the person that went along with it, the first person, he's in the NFL to make the NFL look like they're not blackballing or not collusion or whatever. I still say to this day, Colin Kaepernick could be at least on a practice squad, if not third string for some NFL team. I'm sorry, I'm just going to say it. So the NFL was worried. They were concerned. They settled out of court, and they got their asses handed to them. But as you know, they would have fought it to the end of the day. You bet. See, and that's the thing is that Eric Reed is still good. He's still a very viable starter in the NFL. So any quote baggage that would come along with him is worth it. Is that you know it's is this is the crazy hot scale, right? You know the crazy hot scale when it comes to to girls, right? Is that uh, you know they're all a little bit crazy and they're all a little bit hot. When the crazy starts outweighing the hot, like how much are you willing to put up with, right? There's the crazy hot scale. So you think of Kaepernick in those terms, right? So he's got this thing, this whole protest, and the and the, you call it baggage, distractions, you call it whatever you want, and then his his play is his play worth all that is it worth to have a third string quarterback and all this other stuff come along with him the answer to that question was no and 32 people said no now did they collude with one another i don't think so i think they all just said that he doesn't he doesn't make it on the crazy hot scale eric reed does i don't know man you got a crazy hot scale uh i got a crazy ugly scale and and when the crazy outweighs the ugly i'm very attracted so I'm just, just going to be honest. Uh, all right. I just had to show this picture. I don't know why. I love it. I love it. I love how he was a hippo on the mass singer, Antonio Brown, this oh couple of weeks gosh. ago, a couple of weeks back. I don't know. It's just, you know, I've got, I feel like I got so much catching up to do because I've ignored him in any of his, his public appearances because he's a freaking stealer. So I'd never watched Dancing with the Stars. I didn't watch that shop interview. I didn't watch this mass thing. I didn't watch any of that kind of stuff. Now I have to go back and watch all this stuff because now he's a Raider and I like him. Well, he's on, he's definitely on the crazy hot scale. But he's hot. Yeah, but he's way hot. Yeah, he's crazy. <laughs> and he's smoking hot, man. All right, I said it in a video the other day. No matter what John Gruden says, I believe the Raiders. I didn't think they would be on hard knocks till 2020. I'm going to say it. With Antonio Brown coming to a television oh, network boy. near you, I think HBO is going to pursue the Raiders. And I think 98% the Raiders will be on hard knocks this season. What say you? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't a fan of it because of the quote. Use it again, that term, that dis- the distraction. But, you know, and, and I love the show, first off. I love that. Hard Knocks, I love All or Nothing, uh, Last Chance You, like any of the football documentary TV shows, I think are fantastic. And Hard Knocks was like one of the original ones to kind of do that 24-7 type thing. And, you know, you, you guys don't need me to tell you the structure of the show. But um, so, you know, being a Raider fan, I want to see – I want to be the fly on the wall. I want to see the team on there because I want to see the inner workings of that. We got a perfect coach for it. Now we have a perfect star for it, right? Because even as much as we love Derek Carr and Rodney Hudson and, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jared Cook, if he's still part of the team, they're not, you know, I don't want to say they're not media friendly, but they're not stars. Like, you know, Antonio Brown is a star, you know? So I think that, yeah, I think it, it would work. Now, I would think it would work better in Vegas. So, you know, now hopefully the Raiders make the playoffs this year and Vegas is not an option because playoff teams don't get to be on hard knocks. So Do you hope- think Antonio Brown was told by his agent, 
the Raiders might also be on hard knocks. So Antonio Brown can sign and then also continue his television career. Do you think they might have mentioned that to him during the signing? Of course. You know it. You know it. Again, you're a Hollywood guy. You know all this stuff works, man. There's all of these angles have been explored. If it's if it's been on your radar and my radar and Raider Nation's radar, you know it was on Drew Rosenhaus's radar. And well, you watch know- Raider don't. Yeah, sorry to cut you off. Watch Raider donated twenty amazing dollars. Love you, watch. He wrote, "No hard knocks is a curse. It's a media circus. Every team is. that has been on there has failed." Well, I mean, I don't know, and I, I'd, I'd be, I would love to see the direct relation as far as that the year that they were on, because I know like recently the Bucks uh, were, were on there, the Browns were on this last year. That was really interesting. Well, the Browns really had a pretty decent season from Browns terms. So I mean, so you know, you know, I don't know how that played, but I know the Ravens have been on there, the Cowboys have been on there multiple times. Um, so you know, the Bengals have been on there, and the Bengals are always a, a dumpster fire, anyways. Uh, but I would be interested to see that correlation to see if there's a you know a hard knocks curve. Like there would be a, you know, the Madden curse once upon a time or whatever. I'd be interested to see how those teams did the, the immediate year following, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm certainly more open to it now than I ever have been. I'll just say that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Watch Raider. Everybody check out watch Raider. He does amazing commentary on his own channel. Just search watch Raider. Absolutely. Thank you for supporting our channel and everybody that supports all, all us video makers. We honestly love you and we need to do collabs, but none of us have damn time. Uh, so forgive me. Uh, Cedric Hardman, unfortunately passed away. Uh, he was a legend Raider. I had the pleasure of meeting him and he wrote some inspiring words to me. Once I got his autograph at the Raider image and he wrote, um, dear Mikey Raider, nothing in life happens a moment too early or a moment too late than it's supposed to love Cedric Hardman and all that. And this is right after I made my channel. And I met him, and then I bought this plaque. So I just wanted oh, to say, that's rest cool, in, Mikey. Rest in peace, Cedric Hardman. Right on. That's cool, man. Do you have any quick stories? Did you ever meet the man or anything? I never did, but do you want to indulge a clip? In terms of audio? Yeah. Yeah, go for so it. So we do this segment on Raiders Fan Radio every week called Raiders and Pop Culture. And uh, this week, in knowing that uh, that Cedric had passed away, it reminded me of the fact that he was one of uh, a long list of Raider players that were Hollywood uh, actors, that he made appearances in numerous movies, and uh, most famously, to me at least, was in the movie Stir Crazy with Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder. You remember this? I didn't know. I'm loving this. Okay, so in the movie Stir Crazy, so there's a very famous scene where Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder go to jail. And the old adage is when you go to jail, you act like you're the baddest dude, right? And you pick out the, the biggest, meanest guy and uh, and to, to establish your dominance, right? To show that you're a bad dude. So it's, it's Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor walking into jail for the first time, but they're scared crapless like they're not tough guys by any means their characters are 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 you know they're they're losers essentially right so the set up the clip it's them walking into jail um they're afraid and cedric hardman who his character's name is big mean walks over he's shirtless and he's wearing a cowboy hat and he asked richard Pryor for a light and richard Pryor is trying to light a match and he can't light it it's one of those self-lighting matches and eventually he reaches over to cedric hardman's chest and he swipes the match and the match lights on his chest 
and he, and, he, and he lights his cigarette with it. So here's, I have the clip. It's about a minute long. Um, and I bleeped out the, 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 the curse words in it, but it's, it's hilarious. And if you guys have never seen stir crazy, go back and watch it. So here you go. So here's Cedric Hardman, Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder. Stir crazy movie. That's right. That's right. We bad. Huh? Uh-huh. That's right. We don't want no shit either. That's right. Darn right. We don't want no shit. You understand? Uh, we don't take too much shit. Yeah, take a little bit. We don't take no much shit. A little bit. Damn right. That's right. Say no shit. No shit. That's right. No shit. No. I'm trying to We don't take no shit. Give me a light. There's Cedric. He wants a light. Right on. Man, what's light? Light. They're so scared. Oh shit! So he just laid it on his chest. Oh shit! Oh, I'm a shot, son of a bitch. My father was a shot, son of a bitch too. My mother was shorter than him. And my brother was real short. We couldn't even see him. He was short. What's the charge? <laughs> Ain't we all? Uh, bank robbery. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> you can kiss the baby. Kiss the baby? What baby is that, sir? Oh, wow. Ask your lawyer. <laughs> Uh, ask your lawyer. So that's Cedric Harvin oh. tells him you can kiss the baby, which means you're done. You're going away forever. Oh, oh wow. so that's, that's all hilarious. Cedric Harvin. Isn't that hilarious, dude? It's so Richard Pryor, man. When he goes, my brother's so short, we couldn't even see him. <laughs> oh my God. I love those me. movies where you can kind of, uh, and I hate saying the word, but you could like kind of be racist back in the days, you know, so you can imagine, was, you know, uh, what's racist? It was Richard Pryor. Um, but I meant Gene Wilder, you know, like trying to act tough or, or black. Oh, or yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. We tough, yeah. man. We tough. Yeah. We t- like people would say that would be uh. like they're acting black or whatever. But like that is so, so hilarious. Funny. It's the best, man. It makes my glasses fog up. Cracks me up. I got to watch that movie. You oh, know what? Sadly, what now all three of those guys now. We've lost all three. Gene Wilder, Richard Pryor, and Cedric Hardman now. We lost all three of them, man. Rest in peace. Oh, my God. Rest you are Raider right. in peace, man. I mean, I. That's I love. Look, we love, and we 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 have a lot of reverence for former players on our show, and talk a lot about this. We're we're good friends with with Pete Koch, uh, former Raider who was an actor. We've talked a lot about Carl Weathers uh, on our show, uh, former Raider who's an actor. I mean, there's there's a lot of of heck, Howie Long, man. I mean, there's there's a long list of former Raiders that have gone on and done uh, you know awesome work in Hollywood, and and so he was another one of those guys, and and a Super Bowl champion, man. Uh, he's an all time Niners sack leader. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, so he was a long time uh, uh, Niner, but but of course won Super Bowl fifteen uh, with our uh, Oakland Raiders. I'm gonna watch Stir Crazy while I'm making Such some a stir fry movie. tonight. Such a funny movie. There's a new, speaking of Richard Pryor, there's a new uh, Richard Pryor documentary that's coming out soon uh, that I'm looking forward to watching too. He was on the, whatever. I get a whole tangent about Richard Pryor, how much I love him. You missed my joke. I said, I'm going to watch Stir Crazy while I make a stir fry. Oh, sorry. I missed that. How dare you not laugh at my joke? Ah! 
And speaking of Gene Wilder and me being crazy, everywhere we're going, people always showing, what the hell is going? I don't know their strawberries. That's from Willy Wonka. <laughs> uh, your thoughts on this photo? Oh, you know, he caught a lot of crap for this. Um, Kyler Murray did for comparing himself to Bo. I don't know. It's not so bad. I think it's, it's reverent enough. It's not, he's not saying he's better. Um, I'm not even, I don't even think he's saying that I'm as good as I think he's just saying that, you know, I got options just like this guy did. You know what I mean? I, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, I don't think we'll see him as a two sport athlete anymore. Uh, you know, as like Bo was or like Dion was, um, but no, I don't think it's, it's terrible. And what do you think? I don't, I, I don't know. I think he got I, a bad I, rap. I, I think the kid got a bad rap. Well, yeah. I mean, look, he's, he's in it for publicity. He'll take whatever he can get. And Bo Jackson as well, you know, like that makes Bo a little bit more relevant to today's league again as well. Uh, but it bothers me only because Bo actually played in major league baseball and NFL. Apparently, Kyler Murray's only going to play in the NFL. So, I mean, whether he comes from a college background of that, I don't think that picture is relevant. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. I could see both sides for sure. There's no doubt. And and Bo was established as as as, as pretty, I mean, obviously, a clearly a dominant running back and a pretty good baseball player, just like Dion was the same way. He was a really good football player and a pretty good baseball player. But that was after he was already established, if I'm not mistaken, when this picture of Bo was taken. So for Kyler to do is now. But look, he's going to be the first uh, player taken in the 2019 NFL draft. So it's not like he doesn't have cred. Right. It's not like he's just some chump that's out there, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, he's legit, man. So I don't I don't begrudge him as much as maybe some people have or even some some Raider Nation has uh, to, to Kyler. I don't, I don't know. I'm I think he's a good kid. You know what I mean? I, I'm glad he's not gonna be a Raider. I don't want our team to draft him. But I think he's a good kid. I think he's gonna be. I think he's gonna be great. I think he's gonna be good. And today's NFL man with the the sweeps and the the RPOs and all that kind of stuff, man. He's gonna go out there and he's gonna be good. Hey, you know he only played one year, so I truly don't think he deserves to be the first pick in the draft. But they got that coach that coached him in Arizona, so you never know. Plus, he was rumored to go to the Raiders at number four, so that's why they also associated him with Bo Jackson in those black and silver colors. But who cares? Yeah, watch him, watch him draft Kyler Murray and then sign Le'Veon Bell. How'd you like to have those two guys in a backfield to deal with? My gosh, man, that'd be insane. Uh, did you just give out give away Gruden's? Upcoming free agent picks <laughs> in the draft. No, I'm talking about the Cardinals, man. Can you imagine? Like, just think of, like, take all your fandom aside just to go straight football brain. Like, you put Kyler Murray and Le'Veon Bell in the same backfield. And then nowadays, with the RPOs and the way that stuff works and the jet sweeps and everything, with Larry Fitzgerald running out of the slot. Whew, holy crap, dude. That's But they that's, got a, they got a running lot. back that was top yeah, in the league. David, oh, that's seasons. true. David Johnson. That's true. But won't there. See, see, I'm even out thinking myself. I forgot about him because he was hurt. But yeah, man, David Johnson was before he got hurt was a stud. Yeah, absolutely, there you go. So same, same thing. Very similar. He's a pass catcher. I don't think he's as electrifying as Le'Veon Bell is, but he's a pretty good pass catcher. All right, back to the Raiders free right. agency frenzy officially begins March 13th on Wednesday. But today, the basically the last damn week, it's been like. They call it legal tampering. Like, I don't understand it. <laughs> yeah. It makes no damn sense. Legal tampering started today. But it yet did. it started four days ago. Five, I, so I don't understand what's legal anymore. But at the combine, they were like, we can't talk about it. 
but yet they were talking about it. So I, I'm a little confused. You want, me, story short, you want me to break it down? I got it right here if you want to hear it. Yeah, I mean, go for it. During the period at 12 noon East Coast time on March 11th, ending at 4 o'clock East Coast time on March 13th, clubs are permitted to contact and enter into contract negotiations with the certified agents of players who will become unrestricted free agents upon the expiration of their 2018 player contracts at 4 p.m. East Coast time on the 13th. However, a contract cannot be executed with a new club until 4 o'clock New York time, <laughs> East Coast time on March 13th. That's you got to admit, they were doing those conversations before the supposed illegal tampering period but somebody like antonio brown was there there it wasn't because he wasn't a free agent free agent correct he had a contract in place so you could do that stuff yeah but again rumors about case keenum and all that isn't that free agency mm, case no because he's under contract he's with the oh Broncos. that was a trade yeah so what's the other one nick Foles was rumored uh he was unrestricted but none of his stuff came out till today. You know what? You're technically right. So I'm just going to shut my mouth and move on to the Raiders. Okay. The Raiders apparently, well, they started with 33 free agents to deal with. A few of those have disappeared. But let's get into the major headline news. Um, the Raiders will trade two-time Pro Bowl guard Kalechi Otemeli to the Jets. We are giving the Jets, according to reports, it's still early, uh, we are giving a six-round pick and we are receiving a fifth-round pick. So we're gaining back that fifth round that we gave to the Steelers, basically, or around that time. And there comes a savings this year of $10.4 million in terms of Kalechi going to the Jets in 2019, $10.4 million in cap. And then in 2020, $11.8 million in cap. I'm just going to quickly speak on this. I do not like this. I don't understand it. If you're trying to build a team uh, around Derek Carr, if he's your guy, I don't know what led to this. I know they got cap value and they, they needed the cap since they're signing a couple different players, but it just looks bad. I thought he had a chemistry with Derek Carr and Reggie McKenzie's picture still being, you know, ousted. And I thought Gruden and KO were good, but last year he got called out a little bit. I don't know. It just kind of freaked me out a little bit. Yeah, I mean, his, his well, his play has been down the last two years. So he's been on a steady decline. So it wasn't just a, a one-year down on on based on an injury. Of course, the injury didn't help. Uh, but no, so he's he's got a precedent now of, of not playing as well. And look, there's, again, there's always a bigger plan in place. And so... If we sign Trent Brown, as we all expect is going to happen, well, he's a left tackle. So what does that mean? That means that yeah, we're going to. You mind holding that till we talk about Trent Brown? Uh, no, I don't. I don't mind a bit. I'll just say this then on Kalechi. There's he wasn't in the plan anymore because there's yep. another plan going on. Yeah. So in summary, I just didn't understand it. It freaked me out until I found out the Trent Brown news, but we're going to get into that. So here's his statement. I just want to respect the men. He wrote a lot of sacrifice, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, a lot of joy and good memories. The Bay area will always be home to me. I'm going to miss all the homies and my teammates as well. It was such a great time. And I want to thank Mr. Davis and the Raiders community for welcoming me, welcoming me. So very well-spoken. We are going to miss you, man. You were a knockout to watch. There was a lot of big plays. Um, you know, onward and upward. Now he's going to the Jets, where they might be be proving that they're going to get Le'Veon Bell. 
But just in terms of, you know, I kind of like the guy. So I just wanted to give him respect at the end. You have any closing words for Kelechi? Yeah, I mean, I liked Kelechi that first year. And I, and I, I loved the attitude that he brought to the line. You know, offensive lines are all about chemistry and they're, you know, that then that year in 2016, I mean, we we had good chemistry there on the line and, and there was a certain amount of, you know, like you hear you hear uh, analysts, especially guys like Dion, you hear him talk about like the dog in, in players that, you know, there's a lot of talented players, a lot of athletic players, but do they have that dog in them? Like they're even Michael Irvin was talking about that with with Antonio Brown, that he's just got that dog in him. And and, and that's what Kelechi has. But for whatever reason, he fell off the last couple of years. And so being that he's only been a Raider for a few years, I don't, I mean, I, I liked him and I liked that idea uh, of, of, of what he brought, but that, that attitude and that intensity, um, cause you know, he was scrappy. He's not afraid to mix it up with guys and all that. I loved that, but, um, but I'm not like endeared to him because he's been a, you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, so I don't, I mean, yeah, it kind of sucks, but you know, he's a guard. I mean, I, I, and I don't mean that to be disrespectful by any means, but it just, you know, Okay, we'll find somebody else to play guard. <laughs> He's trying to respect the guy that I enjoyed watching yeah, on many yeah. occasions. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. So there it is. Okay, so there I didn't it. understand the move early on. Then I found out about Trent Brown earlier this morning. So the Raiders and Trent Brown agreed to a four-year, $66 million contract, which apparently is 36.5 guaranteed. And according to the reports, a lot of the guaranteed money is going to be pushed till 2020 because maybe that proves also the Raiders don't have money, but it's going to be pushed to 2020. Maybe when they're in Vegas to save cap space and he'll earn more money on taxes. But there this, you go. Is, this is the plan. So you were about to speak on it. So apparently this is the plan. And from early reports, I believe he's going to take over for Colton Miller and this is, equals the spot for Donald Penn to possibly be replaced. So what say you on the plan and Colton Miller, as you were just about to speak about a moment ago? Yeah. First off on the money, it got deferred to Vegas because there's no Nevada state taxes. As you mentioned, there's a tax ramification here. And so, yeah, I mean, I live in a state that doesn't have state taxes either. And it's wonderful. They don't have to pay state income tax. And so if I'm Trent Brown, I want most of my money when I get to the, to the state that doesn't have the taxes too. So I think that that works. Um, and, and, and does it alleviate any pressure, additional unnecessary pressure on the Raiders? I don't know. It might. Um, but anyways, one way or the other, I think it's good for, for all parties involved. So as far as on the field goes, yeah. I mean, he's a left tackle. He's 6'8", 300 and what, 50 some odd pounds or whatever. He's an absolute monster of a man. I think this is a beautiful move for the Raiders. It's a beautiful move to try to protect, uh, uh, Der- not even try, but to protect Derek Carr. This guy had like 14, has allowed like three sacks and like 1,400 snaps. Like, I mean, he's absolutely as legit as they come. Well, so what happens? So you got him. He now displaces Colton Miller, who we drafted in the first round last year. So what does that mean for Colton Miller? Well, it means he's young enough and probably capable enough. You kick him over to the right side. Well, now he replaces Brandon Parker. What happens to Brandon Parker? You kick him inside. Now Brandon Parker can play guard. You know what I mean? Now, offensive linemen aren't completely interchangeable. This isn't Madden. You can't just take a guy, change his position and plug him in and his ratings stay the same. There is definitely a learning curve that is associated with this stuff. But here's the thing. When you find players uh, that struggle at tackle, there is a lot of precedent, including a guy like Robert Gallery, who played for us, that wasn't was drafted as a tackle, wasn't the best tackle, kicked inside to guard and was by all accounts a pretty 
friggin' serviceable guard in the league for a long, long time. So there is precedent for this. Um, it's it's not unheard of. It's not just a plug and play. There is a learning curve, but you're also talking about two very young players. You're talking about Miller and Parker, who are, you know, this is only their second year in the league. They're they're gonna have a learning curve anyway. So I don't think that it's 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 a big detriment. You're not talking about taking a guy that's a you know an established 14 year vet and asking him to do something that he's never done before. That's not what we're talking about here. So I think this is beautiful, man. It's a great move, and we have to do it because it doesn't matter if you sign. You know, Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham Jr., Le'Veon Bell, you know, re-sign Jared Cook. Have all, you have the most stellar offensive weapons in the world, but if your quarterback is on his rear end, you know, two seconds after the ball is snapped, that, none of it matters. So you've got to protect him. That's got to be a focus of the Raiders. And outside of, of, of defense, this was going to be the big focus of the team. And I don't think we're done yet. I think that they're going to draft also. I think we're going to draft a guard. Um, I've mentioned numerous times a player I really like, and I know better than to fall in love with a player because they'll end up, you know, not on your team. And then you've got to, you know, whatever you, know, you, you, you'll, you'll like a player. And the next thing you know, he's a chief, right? Um, but Chris Lindstrom out of Boston College is an absolute road grader guard that's going to be available definitely in late in the first, if not early in the second round. So there's going to be options for the Raiders to sign a guard. So I think that, uh, it, you know, I, I like this move. I think this is a great move. And, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, you guarantee him 30, you guarantee Antonio Brown 30, you still got another 30 before we get to Khalil Mack. So, and I think uh, having a, a guy like this who can be a stalwart at left tackle for the entirety of, of the rest of his and Derek Carr's career, perfect. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I thought we would get somebody in free agency. And again, this guy is a seventh round pick for the Patriots. And he does play very well. He plays very, very big. And I believe that Mike Mayock assessed the team and this is kind of like an ode to John Gruden's pick of Colton Miller, where many people said they reached for Colton Miller. And this possibly shows he might have, but he didn't have Mike Mayock on last year's draft. Yes. So Mike Mayock exposed Colton Miller's flaws to John Gruden. And then they made a plan to go after Trent Brown, believing it'll work with Gruden's system, you know, for the West Coast. But you know, you know they, I don't know. And they may on. have, well, and, and, and you know, something that's, that's key to remember is that moving Miller from left tackle to right tackle isn't necessarily the demotion that once upon a time that was in the NFL. Because the rumor is he's going to left guard to replace Osemele. that Because he played right. on the left side his entire college career. So the rumor is he's going to stay on the left, okay. but at left guard. Well, that's a, I had not heard that yet, and that's that's very interesting because if in terms of tackles, I'll just finish that thought. Um, in terms of moving from one side to the other, because of the way that pass rushers move now, we saw it with Khalil Mack. You see it with Vaughn Miller. You see it with a lot of guys. They'll go all over the place. They play all over the line, especially off both edges. So your right tackle and pass protection is just as important oftentimes as what your left tackle is. So that whole idea of being the guy to protect the blind side and like, you know, that that isn't as much in play anymore as it used to be once upon a time. But that's very interesting. You brought up having him go to guard, having Miller go to guard and not Parker uh, kick into play guard. Um, I don't know if that would be quite. I think there's a little bit of a devalue there. I think I'm going to be honest with myself here and, and the rest of us. That is a little bit of a of a shoot. If you're drafting a, a left guard uh, with the what what was he overall? I don't even remember now off the top of my head what that overall pick was. Was it eight? You're talking about Brandon Parker? No, or Miller. 
13th, I believe it was. Yeah, I think 13th. we moved down to like 13th. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, so if he's our overall, so is that worth, uh, you know, 13th overall in the, in the draft to play left guard? Mm, probably not. You know, uh, I don't know. I don't know. So that'll be, we'll, let, we'll see how the rest, again, we got a long well, that's way to what go. I mean, it possibly proves if that's the case, it possibly yeah. proves yeah. that it was kind of like a yeah. bad reach for John Gruden. Uh, well, and then, I wouldn't call it bad yet, but it was, yeah. What is it? Did he overshoot and overspend a little bit there for a left guard? Yes. But again, here's the, the other thing though, too. We got it. We got it. And, and I'm going to tell this talking to myself here. We got to slow down because we, this thing is far from over. This is far from over. We got a long way to go in free agency in the draft. What our starting five are going to be on the line come, come week one. Who knows, man? You know what I mean? We're a long way from that. Yeah. Um, so he's getting like around, I haven't done the math, but I think it's 17 million a year, Trent Brown. So that's a $7 million bump from um, not Colton Miller, but from Kelechi in terms of an offensive player. So that's a, that's a huge bump, you know? So if the Raiders were trying to get cheaper on the offensive line, I don't really know if they did with this, with this move. Right. Um, and the only thing I was going to say is what does this mean for Donald Penn? I mean, will he be released and free up another 7 million? So you think about uh, what's his name being released Kelechi for like 10.4 or whatever. Then if Donald Penn is released, he's getting about seven or 8 million that would equal the 18 million or 17 million that Trent Brown is getting. There you go. And then maybe they're going to draft a Jonah Williams or somebody early in the draft, you know, to solidify that line, the right side. Forgive me. What say you on the Donald Penn situation? Yeah, I think that Donald Penn's just, he's just too old and he's injured. I mean, it, look, and, and I, and I've, I've, I've become more endeared to Donald Penn here over this past year, but because uh, he's, he's pretty gracious now and he's, you know, this, we're long past that holdout and all that stuff. And he's, he's saying the right things. And I think he's, he's a, uh, you know, a, a good representative of the team and, and Raider nation. But I think he's, you know, you're 35 years old and you're coming off a big injury and all that. I mean, you know, the father time is undefeated, man. Eventually uh, these things end and, you know, 35 years old is a good run. That's a good run uh, in the league, and he did well for a long time. And and uh, other than giving up that sack to Trent Cole that broke Derek Carr's leg, I'm very thankful for everything that he's done on the field as a Raider, man. So I uh, wish him the best and probably retirement at this point. If the Raiders let him go, I don't see him signing anywhere else, uh, not least for any significant starting roles. So, um, you know, is that worth it to, for him to stay on in the league? I don't I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I, th- I think that's this pretty much spells the end. And, and you know, and – you make a great point. Something I hadn't pieced together yet in my brain was, uh, you know, you let Kelechi go, you let Penn go. That equals one Trent Brown. Okay. That's what a deal. Like that's makes perfect sense. Again, is there the big picture in play? Yes. And there you go. You just identified it. Good job, Mikey. Yeah. The reason I truly believe that rumor of Colton Miller going to left guard is because Gabe Jackson's also at right guard and he's a very good player. So why would they move Brandon Parker over Gabe Jackson. He's still under contract for at least a year. All right. Uh, they also signed Jonathan Hankins, a defensive tackle. They agree on a two-year contract. See, this is the free agency frenzy. Two years, $8.5 million guaranteed for Jonathan Hankins. Uh, of the 8.5, officially 5.2 will be guaranteed. But then in 2019, he's only going to make $2.5 million this year. So some of that money is being pushed to 2020 as well. So they're they're definitely using the Las Vegas 2020 taxes as a negotiating tool to a lot of these agents. Heck but yeah. the deal the deal is actually can 
be up to $11 million with bonus and incentives. So what say you on Jonathan Hankins? I thought he really played very well last year toward the end of the season to solidify the middle of the line with an injured Eddie Vanderdoes and stuff like that. So, uh, but he got like four or five million a year, which is pretty decent. Yeah. So the state taxes in California, I just looked, I just brought it up here. So, uh, the top marginal income tax rate for the state of California is 12%. So when you're talking about millions of dollars, do that math. Uh, I love numbers, but I hate math. That's a lot of money. I'll just say that every, every, every million dollars, they lose 120,000. There you go. So, I mean, that's a lot of freaking money. So, uh, I don't, I don't blame them one bit for wanting to defer any of the money, uh, to when they get to Vegas. So yeah, as far as play goes, I mean, you know, early reports were that he was going to be, I don't want to call him a hot name in free agency, but a very respected name in free agency. There was going to be multiple suitors uh, for, for old Hank. Uh, he's got the same birthday I do, so I kind of root for him in, in, in that aspect. Uh, but, yeah, man, I, I think it's good. It's it's funny that, you know, here we sign Hankins. We got uh, Eddie Vanderdoes. We got uh, Justin Ellis. We got uh, P.J. Hall. We got Maurice Hurst. Um, that's five defensive tackles, interior linemen that I count – uh, I don't see us taking Quinn and Williams in the draft. Just, just, just throwing it out there. Good point. I totally agree. Uh, very interesting point now that we re-sign Jonathan Hankins. But it's nice to see John Gruden is doing something on defense and free agency or this early on so far because I don't know how many more players. Literally, the cap is disappearing. The Raiders started with, like, supposedly 79 then they were down to like 74, then 69 with a couple of signings. And and like now with the 20 million for Antonio and and the I don't know, man. Well, we're probably I, like at 25 million. I got it for you right here. You know me. I, I, <laughs> Let's go. I love numbers, but I hate math. All right. So the Raiders cap space up again. These things haven't been announced yet. They won't get announced officially until till Wednesday. But based on all the reports, after Antonio Brown, after trading Assembly, and after signing Trent Brown, uh, you factor in another 10 to $15 million for draft picks. That means the Raiders have between 35 and $40 million to spend on free agents in 2019. Is that with Worley included, Daniel Carlson, Jalen Rashard? That's all the, yeah, all the tenders and all that. Yes, that's correct. A- A.J. McCarron, too, that we're going to talk about right now. Yes. Yep. Your thoughts on... A.J. McCarron, it says likely. This is a report from a couple weeks ago, but he did get his $3 million roster bonus. So the Raiders are definitely keeping A.J. McCarron as they just uh, uh, paid him $3 million. Your thoughts on him being the backup and what's going to happen with Nathan Peterman, who was the cheaper option in backup? Yeah, isn't he? he's gone now, right? Does he? He's not around. Yep. Is he still under contract, Nathan Peterman? I think that guy's never going to sniff the field. Um, he's it, still on on the team. He's still on the team. Okay. I mean, that hopefully won't won't last for very long. I mean, I get why Gruden signed him, but gosh, that guy's terrible. Um, okay, do you, so do we go into the season with those three, or are we going to draft? What What are your well, thoughts? Well, I think that the idea of a third quarterback is kind of a lost thing anyways for the most part i mean think about how long shane leckler was our emergency quarterback is number three right so i think that it's it's all about your one and two and i mean yeah i mean you you need to have a backup and so uh i am was fonder of ej manual i thought ej manual had the skill set 
um, the, the big arm, and I liked him. He Not to mention he was on our show. <laughs> but that aside, the, from him being on our show, um, I just I liked him as a player. I think that when you look back to like, I don't know if you guys remember the Ravens game that, that he came in to play uh, for Carr, and he threw an absolute dime to the back of the end zone of Michael Crabtree on the run, man. It was a gorgeous pass. And knowing that he was capable of making those types of throws, I mean, I've, I've just been a fan of his as a backup. But anyways, he's he's long gone, and so he's not a factor anymore, so I won't pine over his departure. But So to keep it on topic with A.J. McCarron, sure. I mean, you know me. I don't get too wound up about backup linemen. I don't get too wound up about kickers, and I don't get too wound up about, about backup quarterbacks. Do you need a backup quarterback, a viable backup quarterback in the league? Sure. And has A.J. McCarron proved that he can be that? why not like i'm you know what i mean so three million dollars isn't a ton of money for a quarterback so you know he's a no that's just a roster bonus oh okay well what's so but still what's his what's his actual about another 2.5 million so it'll be like 5.5 total okay something like that Yeah. okay all right well if the coaches feel good enough about him then so will i i don't study him on film so i'm gonna trust their analysis i'm gonna trust gruden and mayock that that's their guy then knock yourself so you, you you don't see us drafting a quarterback or you don't think a veteran quarterback on free agency was worth five or six million to I mean, back up their you, car who are you gonna bring in ryan fitzpatrick or something you know what i mean like yep. i yeah, man, I, I don't know. I mean, is, is it what he wouldn't be worth? He's going to get paid as, as something similar, if not more, I would imagine. Um, so I, I don't know. Well, they now the, let's go to your, your question about drafting one. Yes. And I think we've talked about this a little bit on this show before. I definitely think that it's in the cards for the Raiders to draft a quarterback late because I think that there's something that um, is to be said for drafting a quarterback late, develop, excuse me, developing him. And then trading him off, doing like what the Patriots did with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think there's a he's a great example of of, of something. I think that's what we tried to do with Connor Cook, and Connor Cook didn't ultimately pan out. But you try to build your equity, you try to build value on your draft pick. So if there's your best player on the board when you're in the fourth round is a quarterback, well, I think there's what like a twenty percent shot. Of a of a of a uh, of a player working out uh, at at out of the fourth round, so why not take a flyer on a QB, develop him, and then trade him for bigger value in the future? Why not? So yeah, I could see the Raiders pulling a uh, drafting a quarterback. Very not interesting. High. Not high. Uh, yeah, I I would prefer us getting rid of AJ McCarron and that five million dollars and getting some sort of a different free agent quarterback. I don't know. That's just my my perspective. Um. Uh, Jalen Richard and cornerback Darrell Worley, they are free agents, but they are restricted free agents. The Raiders a couple of days ago placed a second round tender on them, meaning if another team takes them away for more money or whatever the situation is, that we get a second round pick from them. And the second round tender is worth is a value of about $3 million per position. Um, any thoughts on Jalen Richard and Darrell Worley? Are they worth that? And this kind of proves that the Raiders value them very high and they kind of want them back. Yeah, I, I really dig Worley. I think that he's going to be a, a, a great player. I think he's already played well. Uh, and I think that he and Conley 
could be a nice one to a corner for us for a long, long time. So I hope that this goes beyond uh, a tender. I hope that the negotiations were, all right, we're going to, we're going to, you know, we're going to put a tender on you here and then we will uh, rework your and renegotiate your contract uh, for a long-term one. Maybe after one more year, I don't know, but I I'm hoping that's the goal. And I'm hoping that he proves, um, you know, my suspicion and a lot of our suspicions that he's going to be a good player. He, he made a bad decision and, uh, and, you know, drank too much and, and did something goofy. Uh, you know, raise your hand. If you've done right with the Panthers, uh, Eagles, right. He, he was, he signed with as is an Eagle. Yeah. But I mean, but raise your hand if you've ever done anything goofy on alcohol, especially when you were uh, in your early twenties. I mean, so, you know, I, I think that he last week, (laughs) But you know what I mean? So he didn't do anything uh, that a lot of us are not guilty of. So should that have uh, cost him his NFL future? Absolutely not. And so I think that aside from that, he'd be a high-priced free agent. So he's definitely worth it. And and I think that he's going to go on to be a great player. Now, the one that's surprising to me more so is the Jalen Richard tender because the wide – or not wide receiver. The running back room is going to be a little crowded, right? Like Josh Jacobs from Alabama is probably going to be around and available for the Raiders to draft. And I think he's a stud. I would love to see him in silver and black. We got Chris Warren Jr. The third coming back. Marshawn's going to be kicking around, coming back to play. Dougie Fresh is going to be kicking around, coming back to play. Like we got a lot of options at running back. So the, to make Jalen Richard uh, almost a fixture on the, and a for sure roster spot. That was curious to me. Um, is Cause he's not the feature guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's not going to be, the, the guy he could be a guy but he's not going to be the guy will he be a you know uh you think back to the Gruden offenses I'm trying to think of like what the Raiders offenses looked like um back in the day when it was Wheatley and Crockett and you know Charlie Garner Kaufman. and Kaufman like you look at the way that there was multiple players that fit into it so this is not a complete departure it's certainly going to be a running back by committee but I just thought it was curious because we we're going to have a lot of options and someone's going to get left out because you're not going to carry. You got Keith Smith, who's right in front of him, right there, wearing number 41. You got a lot of running backs already. So Keith Smith, you can know Rashard. That's one and two right there. And then Warren, we all are going to assume is going to be back. So that's three. So you carry one more. So Marshawn. So who's out? Doug Martin. Doug Martin played pretty darn well at the he end of the year. Still is a free agent though. Doug Martin's a right? free agent. Right. So you know what I'm saying. So it just it be it's interesting. There's going to be some decisions to be made there. Here's the thing, and I'll finish on. None of it sucks. I think that it all looks pretty good, especially when none of them have to be the focal point of the offense. Yeah, we placed a tender on them, hoping, and I'll be honest with you, Jalen Richard can catch the ball out of the backfield. He had like five, 600 yards toward the end of the season, but he gained value. So I don't technically think Gruden truly wants him on the team. I mean, he'll take him, but that's why I believe they play second-round tenders on Rashard, not Worley. I believe Worley will come back, but they're trying to get maximize Jalen Rashard's value coming off a very good, good year. So they're and trying to maybe get a second-round tender for him, and if he comes back to the Raiders, they'll be very pleasantly surprised as well, and they'll have him with open arms. That's a great point, and he's got special teams value too, and that's the other thing about Richard that you know maybe isn't as big of a necessity for the Raiders as it could be for some of the other teams. But yeah, I mean, he can return kicks, he can cover on kicks, like he can. He's got a lot of special teams value as well. That's the reason that we resigned Eric Harris. Frankly, yeah, Eric Harris I, is a nice player, but he's a great special teamer 
That's what I was going to forget. So just a couple of signings to quickly go over. We won't talk about each. On the offensive line, they re-signed Denzel Good, two-year deal. Eric Karish re-signed. Uh, linebacker Jason Kabinda and kicker Daniel Carlson are all coming back. They were free agents. They are all coming back with the team. You love you some Jason Kabinda. How you feel about that one? I love his eyes when you see him in the line. He reminds me of the guy for the 49ers. I can't think of his name. He's a bad coach in the AAF. He's a really bad coach, but he's got those eyes. What's the guy for the 49ers? He's a bad coach in the AAF. He's a Hall of Famer. He wears glasses now. Hall of Famer? You know who I'm talking oh, about. Oh, Singletary. Yeah, Mike Singletary yeah, yeah, yeah. is a linebacker with the yeah. – or a Chicago yeah. Bear with those eyes. Chicago, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Every time I think about him as a Niner coach, all I can think about is the time he dropped his pants in the locker room to prove a point. We need good players, players that want to win. Yeah. All right, let's move on. These are my NFL team needs for the Raiders. Uh, they're still up to date. Uh, defensive end, I believe, is number one. Wide receiver still, even though we got Antonio, I still believe it's a high priority in this year's draft with some amazing players like Marquise Hollywood Brown, who is, is technically related to Antonio Brown. Yeah. So can you imagine Marquise Hollywood Brown and Antonio on the same team what type of passion they would create for each other being related. And then running back is my third team need. What are your top three team needs for the Raiders? Well, as long as none of those guys named Brown were number 81, like Pharaoh Brown, then I'm good. Um, <laughs> but uh, as for, to, far as needs go, um, you know, I'm, I'm curious to your, your rankings here. Uh, defensive end, I think obviously is a, is a big one. Um, but I think also a lot of that has to depend on too, on what, the, the Raiders think that Arden key is going to do in year two um, and how he's going to continue to develop. Although we still need somebody else. You got to have a pass rush. So I get you there. Um, but right immediately after that, if not tied or ahead of that, I put inside linebacker. We've got to have number two at number two. Yeah, we got to have it. We look to me uh, as much as we did need a wide receiver, and I'm glad they addressed it in free agency with Antonio Brown and got the best that there is to play the position. Our needs are defensive, like the majority of our and I, and I talked earlier about our needs at offensive line, and but those have already been addressed. So I, I got to say that you know there's been no defensive addressing at all so far, at least not that we've seen, uh, because these signings that we were, uh, had talked about, whether it's Cabinda, it's kind of a special teamer, Eric Harris, kind of a special teamer. It's got me inside linebacker, man. I would, I'm hoping that maybe they trade. This is just Murph scenario here this is absolutely worth nothing other than my stupid fandom opinion i would love to see them trade out of number four and then get devin white from lsu to be our inside linebacker team him up with his buddy arden key and watch them go to work i would love to see us get a franchise type middle linebacker to be the general of the defense to direct everybody and because we just haven't had that in so so long since kirk morrison and we haven't had a that in the linebacking core as good as morrison and howard and robert thomas were since then and how long ago was that I mean, 2006, seven. I don't remember the years off the top of my head, but it's been an awful long time. So I, I don't think, remember yesterday, Murph. So. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, that, that's that's mine. And then what's your number three? A safety. I think corners were pretty good. 
we gotta get it. We gotta get another safety. Uh, Landon Collins commanded a huge payday as we expected he would, and and he's gonna be worth every penny. But I would love to see a coverage type safety. You know, I like Matthew a lot because he can play. Uh, you know, he can play d- down in the box, but he can also cover. He can cover slot wide receivers, but he's kind of undersized. And I don't know if we want to have two undersized safeties. You know, I heard one of our uh, uh, big participants of our show, Aaron the Q Dog Raider, uh, referred to them as that would be our tiny secondary. <laughs> so. I don't know if we need to have a couple of tiny safeties, um, but uh, you know, like an Earl Thomas, like, I mean, you know, all, all accounts, he wants to go to, to Dallas and, and I don't blame him. He's from Texas and all that, but like, that's what, you know, that's what I'd like to see us uh, address. I'm all about the middle of the field, Mikey. If you think about the middle of the field, quarterback center, defensive tackle, inside linebacker, safety, safety. take care of the middle of the field because I, Again, just as my crazy fan brain, you can't eliminate those positions from a play. An edge rusher, you can run away from him. You can throw to the other side of the field from a cornerback. Like you can do a lot of things to negate guys that play on one side or the other. Regardless of how you move them, you can negate one side of the field. You can't negate a safety. You can't take Cam Chancellor out of a game. You can't take Eric Weddle out of a game. You couldn't take Ed Reed. You couldn't take Troy Palomalo. You couldn't take Jack Tatum, George Atkinson. You name it. You can't take those guys out of a play. So I think it's important for teams to address that need. And is Carl Joseph the guy? I don't. He's a guy. Is he the guy? I don't know. I'd rather have Earl Thomas. There it is. So those are my team needs. Uh, I truly believe this might actually be the draft order of the first three picks, but I think they're going to double down on defensive end in the first round. I really think they will. Um, And Murph needs our defensive end, number one, linebacker or inside linebacker at number two, and safety at number three, or maybe even cornerback, as you stated. Uh, All right, let's get into our free agent game. Hopefully we can get this quickly. Murph, are you good to go for another 20 minutes? Yeah, Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. All right, so here it is. Hopefully we can read it on screen, but uh, these are some of these might have been signed already. It's up to date as three days ago. But uh, quickly, from your perspective, (laughs) would you re-sign any of these players a yes or no answer? And we are going to start at the top with Rashawn Melvin at cornerback. No. All right, Jared Cook at tight end. Oh, I really like Darren Waller a lot. So I'm hoping Darren Waller is going to negate our need for Jared Cook. Uh, I'll say yes on Cook, but with a with a asterisk. All right. Uh, Marshawn Lynch. Yes. Give him his send off. Give him the proper send off. Uh, Marcus Gilchrist. No. Safety. No. Got you. Uh, Jonathan Hankins was already re-signed. Uh, Martavis Bryant with a suspension looming. If if just strictly on the field and outside things were not uh, taken into account like suspensions, yes, if there's anything looming like that, then no. All right. Uh, Clinton McDonald, a defensive tackle. You already answered this. We don't need 900 DTs, no. Gotcha. Brandon LaFell, wide receiver. Interesting player, but uh, I think we're going to be okay at wide receiver. Should I just skip Reggie Nelson? We already know it's a no. Yeah, strong no. <laughs> uh, Doug Martin. Eh, no, I like Chris Warren the third too much. Okie dokie. You called him Dougie Fresh, and you said we were going to get him back a minute ago. No, I just said, well, I said he's on the radar. I mean, we don't know if he's coming back or not. I don't know. I don't want him. I, I hope that Chris Warren Jr. the third is so dang good that uh, Marshawn is, a, is is playing second fiddle to him because I want him to be our new power back, our new feature back. I want him to be Derrick Henry. 
that's what I'm hoping Chris Warren can be. So, no, I, I hope that negates the need for any other running back besides him and Marshawn. Chris Warren the third and DeAndre Washington are technically the only two running backs not on the practice squad on the Raiders roster. Uh, I believe Dougie will be signed. He played very good last year in replacing of Lynch. Uh, Leon Hall, yes or no? Too old. Ferocity Rucker, defensive end. Again, I hope we don't need him. I hope we do something in in, uh, free agency in the draft and negate the need for a defensive end. Yeah, I don't know who this guy is, but Ayadah Rubin, defensive tackle. Defensive tackles, no. Mike Nugent, kicker. (laughs) Dwayne Harris. Interesting. I like Dwayne Harris a lot, man. There was no more. It was the most exciting play of the year was him picking up that ball right on the one-yard line and running that thing in for a touchdown. Uh, You got to have smart players on your football team, and you got to have good um, freaking special teamers, man. So, yeah, I I think that that he's, you know, sign the Harrises. Make them both. Eric Harris and Dwayne Harris, and they can both play special teams, and in in a pinch, he can come and play wide out. Yeah, I mean, he's smart, but any special teams player should know those rules. I'm just saying, because you've been relegated to special teams. You're not that good at your respected position. Dwayne Harris was not that great as a wide receiver. Uh, Whether he's good at special teams or not, another young player should come in for cheaper and should know their job and get it done. And maybe we could find a standout in undrafted free agency, from my opinion. Coney Ely, defensive end. Uh, again, hopefully we'll do something else there and, and, and bring in some young guys. And we got enough We get enough of these defensive tackles now that, I mean, some of them are not the most athletic guys to kick out and play in. But when you're talking about playing a defensive end in, in a in – a, uh, in a, you know, in a four, three, well, in a four, three, you're going all the way to the outside in a three, four, you're just, you're still staying in, but you guys know what I mean. There's enough versatility and enough options there in play that hopefully we wouldn't need somebody like Coney Ely, but you never Bernie Sanders at cornerback. I'm sorry, Bernie, 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 (laughs) Benwicki. No. Uh, Denzel good. We resigned Chaz green, right tackle. No. Jacqui Smith at defensive end. Again, hopefully we don't need him. TJ Clemmings, interesting name at left tackle. No. Here's a big one. John Feliciano at left guard. Very interesting. I, now, look, I've given Mongo a lot of crap over the years because he's, when he plays center, he likes to snap the ball over the quarterback's head, and I don't think any of us are a big fan of that. But he's gotten better. He's, he's gotten better and better at guard as his career has gone on, and he actually did a pretty good job coming in this year in relief when uh, when we started having injuries on the line. So, you know, he's been in the system for a long time now. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm with Mongo. I, I, I like him. I, I think that as long as he doesn't command a goofy salary, then yeah, yeah, you definitely resign him. Uh, any offensive players are valued in this league, you know, a couple years in, and he can play center whether well or not. And Rodney Hudson's contract is coming up in 2020, where hopefully we need to resign him. So I th- could see them going after Mongo. So there it is, Eric Harris. Uh, we already talked about yeah. him. He's resigned. Shalik Calhoun. Haven't we cut. seen He's enough? He's been cut, recut, signed, practice squad, cut, recut. What do you think about Shalik Calhoun? Haven't we seen enough of Shalik Calhoun? <laughs> uh, Daryl Worley. Yeah, I love Daryl Worley, man. I mentioned I, I love a redemption story, uh, but I love a good football player for our team even more so. And so he's got them both. So I hope they sign him. I'd rather I'd rather us get a second round tender for Daryl Worley just in this year's defensive draft. I There's think it bunch. might be a little more valuable. But see, you could you draft know? one late in the first round, man. That's what I'm saying. A lot of these positions are. Got to remember, man. We got four picks in the top thirty-five. 
So defensive end and corners and safeties and all that stuff, and that, this, this stuff is going to get addressed. But to re-sign Daryl Worley last year, based on his current, apparently they listed his current average per year, to re-sign Daryl Worley, it was $3.1 million last year. So what would he get in free agency? Maybe around the same price? Is he worth it or a second-round tender? I would like a second-round tender. That's fair. I mean, value works, but I'd rather have the player. I think he's going to be too good of a player. I think he's going to outplay that contract or outplay that value. All right. Uh, Dexter McDonald, cornerback. I mean, I'm saying no to all these cornerbacks. Eventually, you got to have you know your 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 fourth and fifth corner on the team. But uh, but I'm assuming that we can address that in the draft. So I'm going to say no. Got you, Jalen Richard, which we kind of quickly spoke about. He's kind of there, but I hope we don't need him. Uh, yeah, I, I think they, again, his value, according to this, I don't know how it all works, but it's $3 million as well, $3.1 million. So I hope we get a second-round tender. I think there are some players in the draft yeah. that, at running back position that might be better for that price tag. Uh, where are we? Where are Tevin Mitchell, cornerback. Yeah, no. Uh, Daniel Carlson was signed. He's a very clutch right. kicker, and I'm very – we've got to get rid of Eddie Pinheiro and all those other kickers we got on the team. <laughs> yeah. Marcel Aitman, he's yeah. actually an exclusive rights free agent. Yeah, I like Marcel Aitman. I like the idea of Derek Carr having a big target to throw it up to. You know, um, uh, you think about what Andre Holmes was for our team. You know, he wasn't the most electrifying guy in the world, but he could run a fade route to the back corner of the end zone and go up and get a pass. And, I, and I'm hoping that Marcel Aitman could be that type. Now, you, you know, granted, I, I don't have any delusions about what Andre Holmes has done, especially since he's gone to the Bills and all that. But I think there's a very you know, viable role for a big wideout like that. Somebody that can box out and, and go up and get a pass. Cause we don't have anybody like that. I mean, even Antonio Brown is not going to do that for you. Now he'll, he'll juke somebody out of their shorts and go up and get the ball in the back corner that way, but he's not going to beat anybody in a jump ball. You know what I mean? So I, I like Aitman in that role, but so we'll, we'll see, you know, especially if we don't have Jared cook, like who else we gonna Lee Smith ain't doing it, you know, or Derek carrier. I hope we get DK Metcalf. He could box out. Well, sure, but nah, that's you're gonna you're gonna draft. I don't. That's on their conversation. We'll we'll save that. Yeah. One. Yes, on April. Yeah, we, we have our draft special coming up. Uh, Trent Sieg, long snapper. No, because Andrew DiPaolo, also former uh, guest on Raiders Fan Radio, was signed as the highest paid long snapper in the league last year, and unfortunately got hurt. So we're gonna we're gonna see him return to action, and uh, there will be no need for this Trent person. And then to finish it off, uh, Justin Murray, left tackle. No. All right. So there it is. Let's just quickly talk about Jared Cook because this is a polarizing subject to me. Are you upset um, that the Raiders didn't tag him and that they're basically letting him test free agency? The rumor is he's going to request a value of around 8 to $10 million in free agency. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jared Cook? I think they should have tagged him. I don't think they should have released him for free agency because I think now he's gone. Once they released him to go free agency, I think he's gone. But I truly think he's worth the 8 to $10 million, whatever. What are your thoughts? Yeah, a lot of players don't like the tag. You know what I mean? So, you know, we're, we're assuming a lot by, by saying that um, – and I say we because I don't know. I'm, I'm with you. Um, I love him as a player. I think that he was – I mean, obviously, he was a – focal point of our offense and should have been because he was the best guy we had on offense even before we traded Amari Cooper so 
I like him, and I think every quarterback and every team needs to have a good tight end nowadays. I mean, you just, I mean, even not even nowadays, just for all time, and especially when you look at the legacy of tight end um, uh, for the Raiders, especially number 87. But, you know, when you look at, at, at and now we're going to talk about free agents later for, for its greatest signings ever, but, you know, Todd Christensen and everything. I mean, I just, I like the idea of, of Jared Cook on our football team. So let's, just, let's if we're going to make an assumption, I'll make the assumption that the Raiders, in talking with him, said they weren't going to tag him in fairness to him to let him go test the market, establish a value, and then hopefully he'll resign. That's that's what I'm hoping is going to go on because is even though Antonio Brown is going to be the focal point of our offense, he can't be the only point of our offense. So you have to have he somebody dare, else. He was Derek Carr's only outlet. And again, if he's going to test the market, being one of the top five tight ends in the league, he's going to get eight to ten million. So I don't think the Raiders are going to resign him. I don't. And if they don't, look, I've been with the Raiders as far as value goes. They've been very diligent to not overpay and to not overextend themselves on players. They've they've really stuck to their guns as far as market value goes. And and look, it may cost us a player like Jared Cook, but I will I will support them if that's what they choose to do. Because, you know, look, we got Antonio Brown for a third and a fifth. And yes, we had to rework his contract, but you know what I'm saying? Like they they probably could have had him a long time ago if they would have been willing to, to go above and beyond, but they weren't. They stuck to their guns and they're sticking to their guns on Jared Cook. So I gotta respect it, man. Uh, as much you as I would gone. want I don't know. I'm not sold on that yet. I think if I'm going to ride the fence on any of these so far, this is the one. I'm going to ride the fence. I don't know if he's good as gone or not. We'll see what the – look, if somebody's willing to overpay for him, someone's willing to pay him $10 million to go play tight end, knock yourself out. Go to the Jets. You know what I mean? But uh, I don't see that happening. And if the Raiders can get him for eight, then cool, you know? Yeah, I think it's a bad idea, man. I, I kind of want him for one you know, more well, year. Yeah, here's the thing, though. you got to remember, we get Darren Waller – is an absolute athletic stud at tight end that's going to play for us. So we don't know what we got in him yet. He's, he's a young guy. Then there's also two rock stars in the draft out of Iowa, the Hawkinson, and I forget what the other guy's name is. But you no, got Noah Fant. Noah Fant, thank you. And so, I mean, there are definitely options for the Raiders should this not happen. So uh, I'm. it's not going to be like the crushing blow that it could be uh, if these other things weren't into play. But because they got options, uh, you know, not only internally, but potentially in the draft, I think we're going to be fine. Um, but I'm again, I'm with I'm with you. I would like to, like to see him back first and foremost. But all right, let's quickly do this. Uh, this is another game. These are the li- we're going to go positional list of free agents, and we're each just going to quickly pick one that you might sign to the Raiders and um, from each positional need. Whether the Raiders truly have the money or not, like I don't understand it. Yeah. But we're just going to do a little game. Let's start with the quarterbacks. Uh, from that list, I would honestly want to pick up Ryan Fitzpatrick. I feel he would be very, very good for the Raiders. Uh, that would be if we picked up a quarterback in free agency, I would want Fitzpatrick. What about you in the quarterback position? I would vote Teddy Bridgewater. I think that he has been so unfortunate in his career, the way that his injuries worked out. I mean, this guy was a stud in Minnesota before he got hurt. And I think he got a bad rap when he, after he, he got hurt and just hadn't had a chance to, to shine yet. And that's unfortunate part of football is that you can lose your job to injury. He did and hasn't made his way back yet. So I would love to see him in silver and black. I think he's a heck of a player. All right. Now to the running back position. Again, the names on screen 
are, according to NFL trade rumors, the official free agents. A lot more people have been released in the past couple of days, so this list is not updated completely to today. It's as of Friday, I believe, so I just wanted to give you that take. So from this list, in terms of running back, who would I resign or, or sign from there? Um, well, he just got busted, but early on I was saying Alex Collins. But now that I have to look back at it, uh, I'm going to go. I would like Latavius Murray back with Derek Carr. They are good friends. He feels the need. He knows the Raiders organization, and he's a decent backup, if not starter, at times. Yeah, I think the running back room is crowded, so I don't think there's a lot of viability to a lot of these names on here besides Marshawn Lynch and obviously now Jalen Richard. Um, but I'm with you on Murray. I think that would be kind of poetic. That would be cool to get him back. Uh, but here's a name I'll throw at you that you probably and most people probably hadn't thought of when they looked at this list. And I'm going to be a little bit of a homer here. MTSU <laughs> represent. Signed Benny Cunningham, baby. Wasn't he a Ram? He was a Ram, and now he's a Bear, yeah. But, yeah, he, he played at MTSU, which is my alma mater, and he was a stud for us, man. He was an absolute stud, just trucking fools, man, and playing in the uh, – uh, uh, oh, what's our stinking conference? I don't know, we, we were the uh, – uh, oh, my gosh, uh, Conference USA. Shoot. Brain farted right here on Mondays with Mikey Murr. Sorry about that. Trust me. I mean, not to be disrespectful, but we're both over 35, right? Uh, yeah, by a long shot. Yeah, so we're definitely losing our marbles. Uh, at fullback, I don't see us signing anybody. We got the guy from the Cowboys. I can't think of his name right now. But I can. Keith a- Smith, former guest of Raiders Fan Radio. <laughs> that's no. only the 25th plug of the show, but that's hey, okay. Al Davis uh, told me once, never be a name dropper. Speaking of, of name dropping, Jameis Olawale, I don't know, maybe coming back to the Raiders, ending his career, but that's my pick. Hey, there's only room in my heart for one fullback. Aside from Keith Smith, I do like Keith Smith, but Marcel Reese, man, that's my guy. He's one of my all-time yeah. favorite players. So, Good point. All right, let's hit the wide receiver position. I believe we're going to address maybe one or two somehow in free agency, if not the draft as well. Uh, from this list, I really wanted Devin Funches. I wanted that big threat, but you know, in the red zone, I think he can box out. So I'm going to stick to my guns and really hope for Devin Funches alongside Antonio Brown. Yeah, I think that that's a good one. Uh, I'm going to go with Randall Cobb just because I think if we have Marshawn Lynch, uh, Antonio Brown, uh, Randall Cobb, uh, Jordy Nelson, the, uh, the 2015 Raiders are going to be really good. Yeah, I saw that tweet, 2012 Raiders or whatever <laughs> yeah. you called it a couple days ago. <laughs> yeah. No, but I've always liked Randall Cobb, man. I, I, of course, I live in SEC country, and I remember him playing at Kentucky, and he was, he was awesome. He was a quarterback, and and he's been one of those guys that's gone on and, and had a great career as a, as a wide receiver. But um, yeah, I think matching him back up with Jordy, and you know, he can play inside, play the slot. I mean, we need a slot receiver, so I think that he'd be great, man. I like Randall Cobb. He's dynamic, man. I like those kinds of players. This is the year of slot receivers, according to that report. And then I would also, just to throw a slot receiver in there, what was his name? The guy from Adam Humphreys from Tampa Bay. He's that gone. guy looked pretty damn good. He's already he's already gone, though, according to the to the wow. reports. Yeah, somebody, I forget who it was that signed him, but he's, he's one of those guys in the early tampering that's already been linked to someone. I'll tell you what, you know who's a monster in here is Golden Tate. Now, I don't know if we got the kind of money we want to throw around a guy like right. that, and you're talking about somebody who's going to demand as many, maybe as uh, you know, as many targets as what Antonio Brown would. But 
He's a heck of a player, man. Golden Tate's a stud. So, I mean, I'd love to see him in silver and black, too. I just don't know if there's enough to go around. Yeah, plus, well, I don't know how much money we got really to spend on these players. Exactly, but yeah. You hope Are you not getting Danny Amendola confused? Because I know he went to a team, but maybe Adam Humphreys went. No, I, I it was Humphreys. Yeah, I'll look it up here when we go on the next one. No, I believe you. I just I haven't been able to catch up to everything, dude. So much is going on. Um, all right, at tight end, uh, uh, Jared Cook is on the list. <laughs> so I, I'm going to go with, uh, you know what? I'm going to go with Jared Cook to resign. Uh, but I'm going to throw out another name because I'm just going to say maybe who's the guy from the damn Baltimore Ravens that I kind of thought was very good. Was it Max Williams? No, it wasn't. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm hoping that we can address this internally. I mean, I, when you look at we got Carrier and uh, and and Lee Smith are going to be part of the team. That's one and two. And then again, I go with Darren Waller. And then if you you know if we do resign, I'm gonna I'll I'll just stick with Jared Cook, man. I mean, I I think that's it. I think that's that's the answer right there. Jesse James at Pittsburgh is interesting. He's a pretty good player, um, but I think he's going to get a big payday though. I think he's he's probably one of the guys uh, that's on the higher end of the spectrum here as far as paydays go. Uh, and just to follow up with you on the Adam Humphreys Titans, that's where he's going. Oh. There you go. And they need uh, him. Clive, that's going to that's, that's be. Wal- Sorry, I cut you off. I get three times. Oh, no, you're fine. You're fine. You go. No, I was just, I, I apologize. I cut you off three times in a row. Uh, Clive Walford is still on there as a free agent. Uh, so I don't think that'll happen, but whatever. Nah. I'm going to say Max Williams from the Ravens if we choose, but I want Jared Cook. Um, CJ Uzuma is an interesting name from the Bengals, but he might cost a lot of money. Okay, uh, here we go. Let's go to centers. If we need one in 2021, maybe. I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, we have the Ryan best. Khalil. I'll just say Ryan Khalil. He's a veteran. I know that name. Or there should we go. go with the Gradkowski? <laughs> yeah, go with the great. You can never have enough Gradkowskis on your football team. No, we have the best center in football, man. That And he's durable. You know, he's an Iron Man. I hope I didn't just jinx him. You know what I mean? But, yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't see us signing a center. Yeah, maybe plus Mongo. Backup. Plus, if we sign Mongo, I mean, I I don't think he does it all that great, but he can in a pinch. He can come in and play center. So, all right. In terms of offensive guards, which we technically have kind of addressed that situation, uh, if I could just throw a name out on there, uh, Feliciano, <laughs> he's on the list. Uh, I, I know I saw one earlier. Tony Bergstrom. There we go. Uh, the original draft pick from Reggie McKenzie. Oh yeah! To, to finish his career, even though Reggie's gone now, but to finish his career with Mike Mayock, let, let's just throw in Tony Bergstrom. Yeah, there you go. I like that's interesting, Mikey. And I'll tell you what, and I'll do you, I'll do you one in that that same theme. Uh, how about uh, Roger Saffold from the Rams, who is the guy that we that's originally right. signed a free agency, and Reggie didn't fax appropriately or whatever and uh so ultimately he ended up failing a physical or something there was what what, am i mixing two things up there was it just a physical or there was i don't remember but whatever it was they screwed it up and he never became part of the raiders and then he went back to the rams and did just fine so i'll I'll say the the cleveland browns missed a fax or huge action that or the Bengals did many years ago for aj mccarron but i do remember the missing the raiders signed him before they even gave him a physical. That's what it was. Yeah. He didn't take his physical until after. Then he failed it. And then, yeah, then the Raiders. Were, Tried to get out of it. Yeah, exactly. And did. 
So there it is. Okay, this is an interesting name because maybe Brand, maybe they will pick up an offensive tackle. You're good. Just have a little. I know. I got my little. I got like little behind the scenes look at the the, the fan cave there. It'll bleed through. It's all good. Okay. Offensive tackles. Uh, I wanted the guy from Juwan James, you know, for right tackle to maybe replace, but he's a big free agent name, and I don't think they can afford him now with the Trent Brown sighting. So let me just throw out somebody else that's kind of a little older and veteran, um, Jamarcus Webb out of Indiana, if he's available for cheap. But offensive tackles are going to be expensive. Anybody you think of at the tackle position? Yeah, I'm going to go the reverse of who I want, and I'm going to go with not Austin Howard. <laughs> is he on the list? Yeah, he probably is. He sure is. Hey, he – is he better than Brandon Parker? No. Really? You're better than Austin Howard. Are you kidding me? That guy was terrible. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't know. I would I would pay you in a second to play a right tackle for us, Mikey, long before I would play Austin Howard, and you'd be a heck of a lot more entertaining to watch. All right, here we go. Defensive ends, the big ones. I think they're going to address this during the draft, but if we could afford any defensive end, uh, who would you want from this list? I'm going to stick to my guns. Uh, where is the dude that I said from? Uh, possibly Dante Fowler would be interesting, but I don't think we got enough money. And again, I had another dude. I don't know why my, I should have wrote it down. Forgive me. Uh, uh, I don't care. Oh, all right. I'll just stick with, I'll stick with, uh, what's his name? Dante Fowler. Yeah, uh, he's. I believe he signed already with somebody too. He was one that was asleep. Yeah, I think he resigned with the Rams. I think he he uh, he wasn't a tag, but he was a, some kind of an extension or something to stay there. I don't. I, there's not. A, Trey Flowers is already gone. Um, you know, Deion Jordan really kind of flamed out. His career never blossomed. Um, there's not anybody on this list that I. I mean, Julius Peppers is. Gosh, almost as old as I am. I mean, oh, like yeah, I, had, I wanted Shane Ray, but apparently he's probably listed at linebacker. He's outside. probably listed. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, Bruce Irvin, clearly not. Benson Mayo, <laughs> been there, done that. I mean, like, you know, I look at these names on here and I'm just like, Ooh. you know, this is going to be heavily addressed in the draft. So I, I don't think we've got a lot of need here. Oh, my God. Could you imagine Bruce Irvin coming back on no. a one year deal to the no. Ravens? I would love to see that. Hell um, no. All right, defensive tackles, we don't really need no. any, uh, according to you, which I truly agree. But, um, golly, dude. No, we got them all. We have those, the, we have all of the defensive tackles. There's literally know, no defensive tackles. I, I want tackles. us to pick one. All right, I'll go with the former Raider again, Mario, Mario Edwards, to continue my craziness. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll pick a name just because you asked me to. I, I like Danny Shelton. Uh, I think that he played a key role for the for uh, uh, the, the, the Patriots on their defensive line. There, I think that he's a you know he's a he sucks up blocks. He's one of those kind of guys, right? Uh, that sucks up blocks and lets people like Trey Flowers get to the quarterback. So Danny Shelton, but he'll be too expensive. He'll go sign somewhere for big money. Sheldon Richardson back in the days was labeled to be one of the draft picks by the Raiders, and he's yeah. a free agent now. So that's interesting. All right. Outside linebacker, uh, again, Shane Ray, if he's on here, I think that's where he will be listed. I thought we could pick him up as a defensive end as well. So I'll go with Shane Ray from Denver, staying in the AFC West. All right, here's a total fanboy pick from me. I've always been a huge fan of Clay Matthews. I think he's a great player. He's a great leader. Um, he's got swagger. 
He's got, just like Antonio Brown is going to bring a swagger to our offense that we've desperately needed for a long time, that I think that Clay Matthews could bring swagger to our defense that we desperately need. I think that he'd be a good mentor and leader for, hopefully, I would, I'm going to, it's a lot of assumptions on my part, but, you know, assuming what we know about him uh, to be the case, I think that he could, you know, if we draft the Josh Allen or we draft the, you know, a, a, a Montez Sweat or whatever, any other young defensive end or, or you know outside linebacker that he can mentor those players plus you know he can also he's still got some some move to him he could still cover a little bit if we needed him to so I just I've always liked Clay Matthews um, and you know he's got star power you know again to go back to that what we talked about with Antonio Brown it's it, you don't you know star power doesn't win you championships but it's nice to have it it's nice to have people that put butts in seats it's nice to have people on the roster that you want to go out of your way to watch and so to get a name like Clay Matthews and attach him to the Raiders, heck yeah, man. I think it'd be awesome. And here's an interesting, just to update, Reg, one of Reggie McKenzie's first picks in the seventh round of that, I forget, 2011, I believe it was, but Nathan Stuper, he was the him. seventh round pick of the Raiders, and he's had a good career. Uh, but yeah. he was, like, kicked off the Raiders, like, during, I think, the third week or something like that. Yeah. So, like... What does that say about, you know, some of Reggie's draft pick? Tony Bergstrom had a long career. Nathan Stuper had a decent career. My goodness, what's going on? We're getting rid of decent backup players. Freaking me out. Excuse my language. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, here's the big one, man. Inside linebacker. I'll let you pick because you're probably more up to date. Yeah, my, my list is short here because there's one guy I really want the And if they got to overspend on him, I think we're okay with that. My, and that's my guy as well. CJ Mosley, man. Me too. CJ Mosley. That's the guy. That's the guy on this list that, that you know, if you're going to overpay for somebody, over, again, I'm that middle of the field, man. And I think that you want to talk about a leader. Like, I mean, and I think he's great. He's a heck of a player. Look, he's going to, he's going to command a lot of money. Uh, the projected market value on him is a five-year deal, just shy of $49 million. So that puts him down at an average salary of $9.7 million. Um, so that's a heck of a lot of money. Uh, but I think he's worth it. I think he's worth it. I think you got to have players like that. Can you imagine? Okay, let's think of it like this. C.J. Mosley standing up. At, at, at inside linebacker and clay matthews roaming around on the outside uh putting his hand in the dirt once in a while like i love that like i mean how do you not love that and then you draft josh allen and to go along with arden key like oh, come on now like that's you know what i'm saying like i i think that could be fun man that could be really fun so i i'm all about cj mosley man i think he's a stud uh in a in a funny name there's a guy named jake ryan for Green Bay, so we could possibly have a Jack Ryan, all of the TV shows <laughs> and all that. Uh, He's but, a pretty uh, good player, Ray too. Ray, He's interesting. He's a pretty good player. Ray Ray Armstrong is a former Raider. Uh, had a nice awful. little career. Uh, and then I'll just throw out Preston Brown, I believe his name, from the Bengals, maybe reuniting with you know, um, Paul Gunther to lead the defense, Preston Brown. Yeah, Quan, all right, let's go to- Quan Alexander on that last. He he got paid. He's the highest paid inside linebacker in the league, according to all reports. Yep, that's true. What, 49ers, right? Four of the Niners, yep. All right, cornerback position. This is a big one. I'm just going to name my guy. I don't care what y'all say. I'm sure there's many other people on there. But I want somebody on the Raiders with the name Captain. <laughs> Captain. 
Captain Mutterlin, he might have went somewhere already. I think he did, but damn it, I wanted somebody on the team named Captain. That's pretty cool. Uh, I love it. Um, my pick is going to be I'm torn on this one, Mikey. I'm torn between two guys for two different reasons. I'll give you the, the lesser of the names. I'm so mad. I'm torn. I'm all out of faith. This is how I feel. Sorry. Had to do a little Tori Amos or whoever that was. Uh, Natalie Merchant. I'm cold and I'm scared lying naked on the floor, Mikey. Are you really? Really? <laughs> I'd, ha I'd have to not watch that. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to not see that. Um, <laughs> so Cody Sensabaugh is not going to be expensive, and he's a big, fast corner. Makes sense. So, makes sense of all. Makes sense of all. So I like him. I think that he would be a good player for the Raiders. He'd be a good fit. He would kind of fit what we tried to do last year with Dominic Rogers Cromartie. Just a lot cheaper version of that. Less, a little bit less and talented. He came version. out of retirement. Dominic Rogers Cromartie came out of retirement. He that. he hated Gruden and the Raiders so bad that he retired. He and now retirement. he came back. I saw that too. That was interesting. Very interesting. But so the, but the, the big name on here, and I think the one that's very viable, especially uh, depending on what happens with, Sen uh, uh, not Sensabaugh, depending on what happens with, with uh, uh, Worley. Now, this guy might not, we not be able to afford him because he'll probably go somewhere and be uh, number one, if not number two corner. But Ronald Darby. Ronald Darby, as far as talent goes, age, all that stuff, I mean, he's probably the most desirable name on the list when you look at all things considered. So. Uh, and then where was the other name that I could just throw out that might be interesting to reunite? Oh, Dequeez Denard with Paul Gunther. Dequeez Denard uh, on a one-year prove-it deal. Uh, he got like 9 or $10 million last year, and he's not playing so good. So he could be on a prove-it deal, and he might come for cheap. Uh, how, about, that out there. how about Brent Grimes, and we can have his crazy wife in the stands? Well, I mean, there is some rumors that Something similar to that happened in Washington as what his wife reported. I was the one throwing out some of those rumors as oh, well. Yeah. On my She's channel. a nutcase, man. She's for real. She's uh, I don't know. Something happened in Washington. Crazy. Well, but, sure, but she's certifiably crazy. She's like fights and stuff. Like she's nuts. Oh, really? I don't follow her Twitter or Instagram. I don't, I don't either. I just remember seeing this like in the news and stuff, man. Like she's yeah, like she's for real. And she was in one of the um Oh, I want to say it was the when he was playing for the Dolphins when they were on hard knocks, and like she was a big part of that because she was so That's nuts. right. She was always there. Yeah, man. She's like the Yoko Ono of the freaking of the cornerbacks. Yeah, she's nuts. My goodness. All right, let's go to the safety position. Uh, I want this guy. He might be on a one-year prove-it deal. He had an out in Arizona, I believe, with the coaching staff, and I think he wants out of there. He might not covet that much money, more than $4 million a year, but um, I don't know. But Trey Boston, I, I really could see that work in Trey Boston. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, since you took that, I'm going to, you know, Weddle is all reports going back to the, or not going back, but going to the Rams. He's a Southern California guy. Matthew, I think, is too undersized for what we need. Uh, I like maybe ha, ha Clinton Dix, I think is probably uh, a good one on there. And then the other one, uh, speaking of the Rams is LaMarcus Joyner. I think that that's, that's a good fit for what the Raiders need to compliment uh, Carl Joseph. Of course, I would love Earl Thomas. Um, but I think there's maybe one too many question marks considering his, uh, considering his health. And he's probably going to take, if there's a discount to be given, 
he'll do that for the for the Cowboys long before he would for the Raiders. Um, but man, he's a heck of a player. Errol Thomas, man, when he's on, I mean, there's maybe nobody better in the league, right? I mean, he's a stud. So I would love to see Earl Thomas in silver and black. But um, so I would say either either Ha Ha Clinton Dix or Lamarcus Joyner. If I got to pick a name, I'll say Lamarcus Joyner. Yeah, I can't. I cannot believe there's somebody named Ha Ha Clinton Dix out there, and um, that just makes me think of Bill Clinton and Batman, you know, or the Joker. The Joker from Batman, the Ha Ha goes with it. And then the Clinton and Dix go together for Bill Clinton. I'm just going to throw that up. Like Dick's Sporting Goods, right? Exactly. Yeah. Nothing's coming down on you. All right, it's time for bold predictions in free agency. And, you know, one of them already happened, Antonio Brown. So, I don't know, give me like a couple bold predictions or one bold prediction of something that still could happen that nobody would expect in free agency for the Raiders. I'll let you go first if you have the answer. Wow, it's hard to steal thunder from Antonio Brown, man, because that was such a big deal, as you mentioned. You know, gosh, and then Trent Brown, like that was big too, man. Like the Raiders have already done some bold things. So, you know, I don't know if – I guess it's it got to be a bold prediction, so I, I won't include C.J. Mosley. Uh, I'll say Earl Thomas then. If I got to go with a bold one, something that isn't likely or going to come out of nowhere – that would be the one because that's a big name, a very talented guy, and a position that we really need help at. So I'm going to say Earl Thomas. All right. Um, or, or well, if I and if I got to back up from that, Clay Matthews, because no one's talking about that. That's purely from my brain. No one's talking about Clay Matthews at all. So I, that may be more the the more appropriate uh, prediction. Okay, that's good. Um, uh, you know what? Bold predictions. I'm going to say if they go defense with Mike Mayock, I believe Mike Mayock addresses the linebacker position with CJ Mosley, even though the Raiders don't have enough money. I say they got to figure that one out. They got to get a middle linebacker. Him and Markel Lee will be damn explosive and interesting. And then that's on defense. I could see that happening. That'll be probably the last big free agent pickup for a bunch of money that maybe we can afford. But I say CJ Mosley, but I'm going to be honest with you and say my official, official bold prediction is Le'Veon Bell comes to the Raiders. That's a good one. I think that will happen. Gruden loves offense. He's showing in free agency so far. He's spending money on offense and he might pick a couple players on defense for cheap, but he's showing he's going all offense right now in free agency. And then he's going to go, like you said, all defense in the draft. I believe Le'Veon Bell reunites with uh, Antonio Brown. That's a good one, Mikey. Okay. Let's move on to the fun segment. How long is this show? We've been two hours and 15 minutes so far. Holy cow. All right. So we got another 15. And all right. You're 15. Gonna go 15. Then I, I got Yeah. All right, so this is the fun time where we kind of end the show and try to have a little bit of fun. You guys can call the Rat Hotline. We do appreciate all your comments and your donations in the chat room. We are trying to figure out a way, or I am at least, figure out a way to get you guys a part of this show, especially at the end, moving forward. Uh, but So let's go to your favorite all-time Raider free agent, since this is a free agent show. Who's your number one? all-time Raider free agent signing. All right. So this was tough, man. Um, 
The first one that popped into my head was Todd Christensen because they actually changed his position uh, to 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 be a tight end, and he you know even though other teams tried, it wasn't until he got to the Raiders that they that a team was successful in not only transitioning him to tight end, but then he went on to this amazing career and won a Super Bowl. And so I, I like Todd Christensen. Uh, I like Plunkett a lot, who you got there pictured, um, but I think because the Raiders won those two Super Bowl championships not because of Plunkett. He was part of it, but really it was the defense and it was, you know, there was a lot of other things going on. So I'm going to go with number 12, Rich Gannon, because Rich Gannon came over, uh, developed into an MVP quarterback that a lot of the Raiders' success in those early 2000s were because of Rich Gannon. Rich Gannon was an absolute master of John Gruden's West Coast offense, and make no mistake about it, his MVP season, even though Gruden wasn't there, it was Gruden's um, you know, offense. And if it would have been anybody else on the planet that the Raiders would have played in that Super Bowl, Rich Gannon probably would have been the Super Bowl MVP as well. Uh, unfortunately, they ran into the guy that invented the freaking offense and didn't change a lot of things. And you, know, you don't need me to tell you the story. But So I think that that, that's really that was certainly the most impactful was was rich gannon and his mvp season so i'm going to go that as the most significant raider free and i wanted to go digger i wanted to dig deeper than that because it felt like that was a little too recent to latch on to but i think that you know and i'm a pretty good student of the raiders history and i think that was when you look purely a free agent not somebody they traded for not somebody that none of that just strictly free agent signing i think i think gannon's the guy you have uh, quickly. Do you have an all-time worst that you know off the top of your head? An all-time worst free. Uh, you know, I always pick on Javon Walker, but I think D'Angelo Hall might have been even worse than that. D'Angelo Hall was a pr- that was what eight games and and got like I forget how many millions of dollars. Like the guy, you know, and I, and I, here's why I think it was bad is that as much as we salute Al and I am very reverent of him as is in his accomplishments on and off the field and and his masterful building of the, of the Raiders. Uh, he loved his cornerbacks. He loved his fast cornerbacks. D'Angelo Hall was that. But when they signed him, nobody bothered to ask him if he could play man-to-man. He was a zone corner, and he got to the Raiders and was terrible because he didn't know how to play man-to-man defense. So I think that, you know, Al loved the idea of having him on one side and Namdi on the other, and it sounded great but that's not what he was built to do. It's not what his skill set was, and he completely flamed out. So I would say that because of that lack of investigation into what his skill set was, and that was Al showing his weakness as he got older, unfortunately, that was by far the worst. Yeah, uh, the issue for me is uh, uh, basically John Gruden's best friend back in the 2000 days, the coach. Uh, I don't even like to say his name, Callahan. But he brought in um, Warren Sapp the next year. I believe it was the next year or maybe the following year. I might be mistaken. It might not have even been Callahan. But still, Warren Sapp is my worst as a character. He stole from the Raiders. He faked the funk like he cared about the Raiders. And he just took us for all our worth, and he moved on. And that really bothered and burned my britches. So that's my worst. My favorite, well – it could be Antonio Brown this year because I'm very excited for that possibility. But um, I'm going to go back and say to the Antonio Brown of yesteryear, the Jerry Rice signing. I mean, Jerry Rice is the Hall of Famer at that time. Uh, I was kind of – I grew up 
kind of a 49ers fan because unfortunately I would watch them win with Joe Montana and Jerry Rice until, you know, I officially went to a Raider game and my grandfather passed away once he took me. And then I became a Raider for life. But I didn't know early on I was a Raider. Even though I was born a Raider, I didn't know it at the time. Just letting you guys know that. But Jerry Rice, um, that was huge. Because I became a Raider fan. And then he's all of a sudden on the team. And I remember him winning the championships. And I was like, oh, my God. So that was the greatest free agent signing for me was Jerry Rice. You know, it's funny. Uh, What about Rice? You know, that's a good one. And, you know, they signed him late in his career is the only reason that that kept me from from putting him on that list because he did look as much as I don't acknowledge him as 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 a as a Raider he's more of a Niner to me uh, always will be but he was still really good and you know the old thing was that you know he may have lost a step but he's still two steps better than everybody else you know what I mean like so he was man that was a very significant uh, signing for us and you know there's been a lot of Niners that became Raiders lot and Tom Rathman and whatever there was Romanowski and there's been a lot of them but. But Rice was he was legit, man. That was that was legit. So I, I I'm with you. That's a good one, Mikey. It was just fun to have an amazing player that I watched, you know, win a lot of championships on my now favorite team. But I could also throw Woodson in there. I know he wasn't technically a free agent the first time around, but the second time, the return to Oakland yeah. was pretty damn fun too. That was cool. Yeah. I thought about that too. Um, but because he was already there before, it seemed like it wasn't a like a you know, like they, the Raiders didn't have to like really outbid people to get Charles to come back. Like you kind of felt like that was going to happen no matter what. Like he wanted to come back, just like Marshawn. Like Marshawn came out of retirement to be a Raider. He's not coming out of retirement to go be a Bill again, or a you know what I'm saying, or to go play for the Bears or anybody. I you name it. He's not. It's the Raiders, and that's it. And it felt like Woodson was a little bit like that too. Like he was he wanted to be a Raider, so I didn't put him there. But that's a great one. That's definitely eligible. And he was a he was. It was so good having him, wasn't it? It was it was so good to have him for the last part of his career, even though the team uh Do you think he'll resign real quick? Do you think Marshawn's coming back to play with Antonio? I think so. I think he's coming back for his final swan song to Oakland. Absolutely. I don't think so. I think they're gonna sign Le'Veon Bell. So I'm gonna have to go with my bull prediction. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then also, real quickly, I'm just gonna say, isn't it a pleasure to watch Antonio Brown? you know, buy a Raider cap, buy a Raider helmet for his son within the first couple days and posting all that stuff on Instagram. Isn't it a pleasure to watch and see some faith in the Raiders based off of everything that happened last year with Gruden, the trades, and a lot of Raider Nation was basically being divided, giving up on the team. Isn't it a pleasure to see a player, I know he's getting rich, but to see him all in for a four-win team this year? I you I couldn't say it better, so I'm not going to reiterate what you said because you put it perfectly, Mikey. It is nice to see some genuine excitement to become part of the Raiders. Once again, to see a player exude that, it, it's amazing. Yes, I totally I'm excited totally, again, finally, yes, for over yes. a year. I, I You know I've struggled, and now I'm excited again, and I'm very happy to say I'm back, baby. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, it's time for the games. I like to okay. stop Murphy. Whether it be with trivia or other things, we're going to call this game Name That Raider. My, my knowledge of stats and, and history is not too well, but uh, I like I like doing this. So this is going to be called Name That Raider for Murph. Are you ready, Murph? Okay. I'm giving my best shot here. All right. So here we go. This is Name That Raider. This is from Wikipedia. 
Uh, he was born in 1964, passed away in 1992, was a professional American football defensive end in the National Football League. He played five seasons for the Los Angeles Raiders between 1986 and 1990, and also with the Cleveland Browns in 91. He was drafted by the Raiders in 1986 and appeared on the 1990 cover of Sports Illustrated. He wore jersey number 90. He was born in Green Bray, California, and he committed suicide in his home in Davis, California in 1992. Name that Raider oh with the gosh. first clue. I know who this is, and I'm not. You've got me, because it's not. It's if it doesn't jump right into my head, then I won't get it. And uh, but I know as soon as you say it, I'm gonna know who it is. Damn it, Mikey, you got me, dude. You got me right out of the gate, dude. Give it to me. Yeah, but it's a very sad state. I thought yeah. you would know it automatically when you found out he committed suicide yeah, in, his home uh, in 1992. Yeah. I, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So here's clue number two. Oh, is this? Uh, oh, okay. Same guy still. Well, nope. That's the back of his card. Okay. I'm just saying. I I I still I don't know. know. No, I'm not going to get it until you tell me. All right. Here's his stats. His college was California at Davis. Uh, he's six foot seven, two hundred and seventy pounds. Uh, we and he was drafted by the Raiders. There's his 1989 stats: two receptions, career totals, four receptions. A straight line player. He backed up uh, something about he was backed up by left end Howie Long, or he backed up sorry Howie Long, but he yeah. caught balls as a tight end as well. Sorry, I'm having trouble reading it. And he's good for blocks, and he was hampered by major injuries in his first two seasons. This and is he played tight end a couple times, and he had yeah. five sacks in 1986. This is the year that our buddy Pete Koch played on that line with Howie too, and this is killing me that I'm not. I'm not. Uh, this name is not coming to me, Mikey. You're gonna. You got me on this one, man. You got me. Okay, so then let's see if hopefully I got everything correctly. There's clue number three with his pitcher. Yeah, name's not coming to me, man. You've got me. Okie Who is it? Mike. Mike Wise. Wise. There we go. Okay. Los Angeles yeah, Raiders that- defensive end. I need to. I'll ask Pete Koch next time we have him on the show. I'll ask Pete about because this is the year '89 is the year that Pete played uh, with the Raiders, and it was him and 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 Howie and and uh, and and Mike uh, on the all shared spots on that line. And so I'll definitely ask him about that. But no, you got me, dude. That was a that was a good one, man. I mean, not yeah. sad tale, but a good pull there for stumping me, man. That was good. Again, my prerequisite was they had to play for the Raiders for at least four to five years. And um, it was just interesting to hear. And do you think he had CTE or whatever the NFL claims? Gosh, I don't know. I don't know. Man. I don't know. It's just interesting, right? Yeah. That he might have been one of the early ones that committed suicide because of brain injuries. Yeah, that's sad. So very, very interesting. All right. So there it is. I wanted to announce our NFL Ooh, draft one? special. That's the only one? Yeah, we only had one. Oh, man. And on a sour note, not only did the poor guy had a tragic ending, but she so did my portion of that segment. That wasn't very good, man. Oh, great. Maybe next time I'll do at least two or three next time. Yeah. Holy cow. That, that meant you enjoyed it, that it was interesting. It was good. No, that was good because, you know, um, 
the, the ones that you give me are not always layups. A lot of those, they're very challenging, but that one just. I didn't do my research on some of the but, other ones. I just didn't do my research. But that one just flat stumped me. I, you had me out of the gate. No, that was good, Mikey. Good job. All right. So next time we'll do at least two, I promise. Okay. Uh, I wanted to announce our NFL draft special. Since it's not during the season, we haven't been able to do our show every week. Plus, we have other things going on in life that we have to attend to. Uh, me, so, so I created the Raider News Show you know, to try to fill your void. But I love Mondays with Mikey and Murphy. I do too. And every month during hopefully a special time, we're going to have a special. So the next special of the draft special, before you go live with your channel, will be April 15th, which is about 10 or 12 days before the actual draft. I'm hoping that date is okay with you. So I haven't technically put it across for you. But uh, April 15th, 2019, be prepared for the next Mondays with Mike and Murph special, everybody, so you can tune in. So there it is, Murph, a two-and-a-half-hour show, basically. We good. We are back, man. We had a free Ooh. agency frenzy. We did it. We did it big, baby. Holy cow. We frenzy. I need a cigarette after this adventure. <laughs> hey, now. Hey, now. There it is. All right. Uh, so let everybody know where they can find you while they wait till April 15th, my dude. Please support the Murph's Fan Cave YouTube channel. That is youtube.com slash Murph's Fan Cave. That's M-U-R-F-S Fan Cave. Uh, please like and subscribe. Hit the bell. Smash the bell. Do whatever you got to do. That dang bell. Just do it so you uh, you get notified when we go live. Uh, we're going to be live tomorrow night. Uh, and then we're going to have plenty, plenty to come, uh, including a draft special, as I mentioned, live from Nashville from the NFL Draft. Not only are we going to be uh, featuring at one of the Raider Nation gatherings, on Saturday evening, but we're going to be doing our live broadcast. So even if you can't join us live, then please support us uh, by watching the live stream. And we, we go live with Raiders Fan Radio every week. It's myself and my Uncle Mosh, sometimes my cousin Sonny, who's going to join me uh, actually this week. And so please support us in that way, but subscribing to the YouTube channel first and foremost. But then also you could support us as an audio-only podcast. Just search for Murph's Fan Cave on any podcast feed. Uh, that's M-U-R-F-S Fan Cave. And uh, thank you so also, much. Also, are you... Are you accepting donations on your channel as of yet through YouTube or through a PayPal? No, but here's what we're, we are doing. And I'm, thank you for asking is that, you know, me, I've, I've always been kind of weird about monetizing and what I wanted to do with monetization. So well, here's what we're doing is that when you go to our YouTube channel in our show uh, description, there is a link there. And if you are going to go to NFLshop.com and buy anything. So if you need a new new era hat like I've got on or you need a new jersey or whatever it is. Go, please go through our YouTube link and go to nflshop.com that way. It will take you straight to the Raiders stuff. Uh, and, and anything that you buy, we get a kickback of anything that you buy. Now, here's what I'm doing with the money. I'm not keeping it. I'm giving it all the way to charity. So I've been in talks with um, some good friends of the show uh, of ours uh, with Just Win Johnny, who's got a heart for... Um, uh, suicide work. prevention and and also for our veterans and that is a uh, a big calling for us as well so Stabler we are foundation as well with just when johnny absolutely so we haven't settled exactly on what charity yet um, um i've reached out to a few and we've got a few different things in place so i don't want to announce anything but just know this anything that you support us 
with by going through that link and buying it's just it's not going to cost you anything extra this nflshop.com gives us a kickback that money i'm going to take it and we're going to donate it to one of the one of those charities so um so that would be a huge help to us if, if, if you wouldn't mind doing that please um but start off by just subscribing to our channel and watching our videos uh, that's a great way to support us and then if you choose to uh, uh to buy something then hit that link and, and go to nflshop.com that way Thank you. All his links are in the description as well. We will have his Facebook link for the draft uh, live special um, in the in in the form as well or below. And not to defend anything, but I'm just going to say to defend myself. Um, I accept donations. I've made this, or I've had to make this my job, or try to at least. So I accept no donations. Um, and no shame in that. Hey, listen, you don't need to defend yourself. There's no shame in that, man. It's what you're doing for a living. That's I'm 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 fortunate that I've I've got a, a, a financially gifted in terms of my employment, and I've that's I don't podcast for a living. I do it for a hobby, and so because it's my hobby, I'm going to choose to give away any of the proceeds from it to a charity. But there ain't no shame in doing this for a living, man. There ain't no shame in getting donations and all that. Don't apologize. Please. Yeah, I know, but unfortunately, people in life they always want to, you know, like if you talk about a suicide or you say somebody passed away in a video, they write, "Oh, I noticed you monetize," and you're trying to make money off of their death or their tragedy. And I'm a I'm an insecure type person. I feel bad. You get it, like that I'm not really only doing it for charity. But uh, so I just wanted to be transparent because that's who I am. I'm a transparent type of a person and I speak the truth. Whether you guys like it or not, it's who I am. Well, but anybody that, that would criticize you, I will come to your defense uh, quickly on that because you got nothing to apologize for. And if anybody that would criticize you for, for monetizing your channel and making this, look, I would love to do Mondays with Mikey Murph and Raiders fan radio and all. I would love to do that for a living. So, uh, you know, anybody that, that, that criticizes you that I would consider, I would not a good, it's not a good living. Well, (laughs) I would just, I would just suggest to them to take their own life inventory before they start criticizing yours. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate that. And then real quickly, I just want to shout out everybody. There's too many to name. Please forgive me. I get a lot of messages about collabs. There's a lot of amazing Raider podcasters out there. You know, Murph, Pillaging Podcast. Uh, There's some girls now. They're called the Ladies of Darkness. Uh, There's Raider's Voice. There's Watts Raider. There's Raider Nation News. There's Um, I love you all. I cannot collab with each and every one of you. It takes too much out of my time and I'm struggling in life financially as well. So I cannot do it, but I love you guys. I want to shout out all your video making. Please keep doing it big. Keep, please keep the Raiders podcast community, video cast community alive. Uh, We don't know where we're either one of us is going to be in the coming months or years, Murph, me, anybody. Please, we are the biggest, biggest, best Raiders video community out there. We are. I'm telling you, we are. So keep it going. Keep creating content. Keep talking about the Raiders. Whether you do something one way, more professional or better, it doesn't matter. This is not a competition. Keep doing what you do. Keep talking about the Raiders. Keep making videos. And I will try to support as much as I can. And I'll try to promote you guys as much as I can, but please no hardship. If I don't get around to it, my 100% apologies. I'm sorry, guys. I can't be there for every single one of you. 
That's a great point. You know, the guys at the Pillaging Podcast always say a rising tide raises all pirate ships, right? Like, there is plenty of this stuff to go around. We are not competing against one another. Everyone's got their own niche. Everyone's got their own flavor. Everyone's got their own angles and opinions. And you know what I mean? And there's nothing wrong with supporting one another. You know, the, the behind the eye patch guys are super cool. Wolfpack Nation is super cool. Like, I mean, we've, we've, we've built some amazing relationships and friendships with a lot of the Raiders podcasting and video casting community you know along to go along with everybody that, that you just named and i'm sure i'm forgetting somebody and if i've got forgotten you please uh forget the raider. og i gotta shout him out i haven't done it in a while RaiderNationPodcast.com. raider greg and raider randy started my love for this many years ago as well there I you go raider critique is doing his thing raider homer's now doing it like that i'm telling you, like we could sit here and do an entire segment on all the video and 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 audio podcasters out there and everyone's got their own thing and you know what and everyone's got their own voice and everyone's going to find their own audience and so to you know to be competitive with one another just doesn't make any sense just support what everyone's doing if it's not your thing that's okay now there are a couple of jackasses out there i won't call anybody out but um they're only jackasses because they were jackasses to us first you know what i mean so and you know who you are jackass. <laughs> jackass all right real quickly murph you do a lot of interviews and you've been able to contact people and get a lot of amazing people on your show yeah i don't know if you can do this but amy trash is literally doing interviews everywhere she may be available for you or me or anybody i i really think you need to cody. go out there if you're interested there's and another, hit her up. there's another one i forgot a raider cody podcast he's doing a great job over there he got That's amy what it was. he got amy trask on his show that was absolutely i was like whoa we got amy trask like good for him and seeing like and that's the thing uh you know for anybody in the community my response and i was actually with my uncle mosh we were on our way home from from birmingham from uh, birmingham iron football game and we saw are you an the, iron fan now they uh, are silver fan, and black yeah, that we got hosted the city of birmingham hosted me and mosh we got went and sat in their suite oh my gosh it was amazing they would suck watch the, that video it's on his channel it's, it's on funny <laughs> oh thanks man it was but anyways we were on our way back from birmingham him and we saw that and our initial response wasn't damn it cody got jamie traskin before we did and damn it. no we were like oh awesome good for him you know what i mean and that's the kind of reaction we got to have for one another we got to build each other up man there is enough people in your life to tear you down we don't need to tear each other down raider nation we need to build one another up man i'm telling you send her a link man you're very good at responding to people um, send her a Twitter or something and let her know your stats, my stats, whatever. Maybe we can get her on the show, man. Yeah, that'd be, yeah, that'd be fun. I'd love to talk to her. Yeah. Okay. So in summary, I want to thank you all again. Much love. And we will see you on the next Mondays with Mike and Murph. Stay tuned to On Air Nation for a bunch of Raider news, interesting videos, me crying, me laughing, me being bipolar. I don't know. I, I do what I do, and I hope you accept it and love it. Hey, it just Are means you, you got Mer one more polar than the rest of us, Mikey. Nothing wrong with that. Who cares anymore in this politically correct world? I know, we're always going to piss somebody off. The minute we went live, people were like, I hate them. I, I hate them. Just wait to they didn't even see us let's, talk. Let's all just poke fun at one another, man. It's much easier to go through life when we can just, you know, celebrate each other's differences and not have to get all hung up about it. I know. Well, I watched Captain Marvel or Marvel. You'll understand that joke if you watch it. Uh, but I quickly recommend it. It was a prequel, basically, to all the other uh, movies in the Marvel right, Cinematic right, right. Universe. So I hope you go see it, Murph. I will. Yeah, I'll take my boys, man. I'm looking forward to going and seeing it. Absolutely. That'll be a fantastic watch. And don't believe the lies in Apollo 11. 
It's oh a documentary God. about the moon landing. Don't believe the lies. Oh my gosh. Out of nowhere, they got HD footage. I got years go. later. I know, I know. I'm having fun. <laughs> All right, let's sing the song and get on out of here. We love you. We thank you. We need you. And we will miss you until we see you again. Let's go. This has been Mondays with Mikey Heath Murph. We talk free agency frenzy and Raiders Dirt. Sing it with me, everybody. Get hyped. We have new Raiders talk show. We try to have good times. Let's go. This has been Mondays with Mike and Murph. We'll see you on April 15th. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy... Our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy... Our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com.